Hello and welcome to The Graveyard Shift, the weekly horror podcast where we take listener and guest suggested movies and break them down into the good, the bad, and anything else we find fun and or relevant. Except for this month where we're celebrating Black History Month, we're celebrating great achievements in black cinema and or remarkable portrayals that, uh, you know, will open things up to discussion. Because that's the whole point of this podcast, to discuss and maybe learn and have a few laughs along the way. My name is Mike, and I never work the graveyard shift alone. Please welcome the guy I hope would be a better partner fighting vampires than our lead in this movie got, John. <laughs> hello, hello. I, I, I can't promise you anything, because I've always joked that I'm probably going to be the first guy who gets killed in a slasher movie, because <laughs> I'm the one who goes and down that mysterious wood path that you're not supposed to go down, you know. <laughs> Too nosy. You just go, you just... You just go to light yep. up. You just go to have a smoke, and you're just like, oh, everyone's going to complain about the smell if I just do it outside the cabin. I'm just going to walk down the trail and <laughs> never right. come back. Yeah, or I'm just like that guy yeah, who goes down the into the woods to go smoke a J and just never to be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> and please welcome the lovely lady who could also rock a purple cloak, Mackie. Hi. Oh, I could? Yeah, I probably could. I bet you could. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you can totally. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and today's episode is You'll Never Go Bacula because we watched Blackula. <laughs> that happens every time I hear it. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, and this movie was directed by William Crane, a, uh, a uh, one of the first black directors in uh, in Hollywood. Uh, he was uh, also did a uh, few. Up, he also did uh, several episodes of the Mod Squad. Interesting. And uh, the screenplay was done by Joan Torres, Raymond Koenig, and Richard Glauner. Produced by Samuel Z. Arkoff and Joseph T. Nar. With cinematography by John M. Stevens. Edited by Alan Jacobs. Music by Gene Page. Produced by Power Productions and American International Productions. This was released August 25th, 1972, with a runtime of 92 minutes. The sweet spot for movies. <laughs> this stars William Marshall as Prince Mamuwalde slash Blackula. Denise Nicholas as Michelle Williams. Vanetta McGee as Tina Williams slash Luva. Gordon Pinsent as Lieutenant Jack Peters. Thalmas Rasulala as Dr. Gordon Thomas. Emily Yancey as Nancy, the nightclub photographer. Man, I, I haven't been to too many nightclubs, but did they have photographers around? Oh yeah, yeah. actually one of my one of my best friends uh, is he's like a media event photographer, and he'll be at like, well, it's a little bit different, but yeah, it's a very similar thing. Like he'll take pictures of people, and then you know, also he gets paid by the event to go and you know, take pictures of, like, the musical acts. But, mm. yeah, like, one of those people, you know, you can... Because um, my sister... A little bit. Yeah, my sister's wedding had, like, a, a photographer there for the the reception, but... Yeah. I was just thinking, like, a nightclub period, but... Yeah, it's not unheard of. It's kind of like the same people you ever been to, like, I don't know how many clubs you've been to, but, like, ones where they, like, sell roses and stuff. It's like sometimes the guy selling a rose will also take a picture, too. Oh, yeah. Or he'll do both. He'll, yeah, that kind of thing, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen it too, and it's super cute, actually. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know, yeah, it's it's just a nice little thing, you know. Mm. It's like Plus you can like really screw them over. They're just like, listen, you want to make an impression, right? Well, I, <laughs> right. Didn't, I didn't think about it. Well, then you already need to make an impression. <laughs> and I have this $1 rose for you, exclusive $10, because you're not going to get a better deal anywhere else anytime soon. <laughs> uh, the man. profit margins are through the fucking roof. Oh, God, I know. Imagine the markup. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't want to get off too much on a tangent, but a little fun fact, if, you know, uh, if you're ever around a head shop and people are asking for a fucking, like, a glass tube with a rose in it, it's because they want to use that tube to smoke meth out of it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I got, I, I mean, this is something I learned semi-recently. I, I learned this was a thing like a few years ago, but uh, yeah, but apparently like they get, they import these things from like overseas and stuff. I think from like China and yeah, people just use those little test, those little tubes that they put them in. Mm. Yeah. Not so wholesome, right? Uh, that's not so cute. <laughs> that's not cute. <laughs> right. This also stars Logan Field as Sergeant Barnes, Ted Harris as Bobby McCoy, Rick Meltzer as Billy Schaefer, Keddy Lester as Juanita Jones slash the taxi cab driver. And uh, in real life, she was a famous R&B singer who did a cover of a song called Love Letters. Hmm. And this stars Charles Macaulay as Count Dracula. G2 Kumbuka as Skillet. And Elisha Cook Jr. as Sam, the one-armed morgue attendant, who is making his third appearance as a guy that gets killed in a vampire movie on this podcast because he was in Salem's Lot and the Night Stalker. <laughs> Damn. He's got a legacy now. Eric Brotherson as the real estate agent, and the Hughes Corporation performing as themselves as the uh, the nightclub performers, and they were most famous for their 1974 hit "Rock the Boat." That scene was a trip. I was like, they have to be promoting something because it went on for so long. <laughs> Rock the Boat didn't come out till 1974, so this was just them up and coming. Yeah, right. <laughs> the club scene, though, I was like. They're kind of lingering over this group for a little for a little long, huh? Like, yeah, they're putting like a lot of focus. Yeah, on it, yeah. <laughs> the way they were looking into the camera. Oh, the guy knew they were going to be big. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, this was probably was their big break. It I mean, probably they was movie and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They it's were like, cheesed, not like they were like geeked out in the movie. Huge smiles oh, yeah. right. on their faces. <laughs> That's a golden opportunity. See, think about it. It's not only do they get to hear your music, but they're also getting to see your face too. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, you got that recognizability. So they get to see how like fucking a... great you can dance. Yeah, right. <laughs> they were tearing just by it doing up that, on like, stage. Oh yeah, that lady's just like throwing her hands back while while like dropping it like it's hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It looked like she was. Man, I got it. it looked like she was reeling in a clothesline, but you know. Yeah. You know what? That that's fine. I mean, she, she right. filled out that dress. Like, <laughs> they all look good. Hey, that club was a vibe. All right, I was like, these people are having a great time over here. You know, yeah. I wouldn't mind going there to check out the music. Yep. <laughs> I was like sitting here dancing. I'd get some looks when I walk in, probably, but. <laughs> oh, sure, I would, but you know, it's like I, <laughs> I, uh, at least I, I can dance, so. <laughs> Ah, so a little bit of trivia. 
while this film was in its production stages, William Marshall worked with the producers to make sure his character had some dignity. Now, we talked before about how actors didn't have this chance, but that was back in the old days of, one, extreme racism. This is when, like, people were, like, a lot of people were like, hey, can we ease off on the racism? So that's one thing. But also, like, having a black director made, you know, the, the actor a bit more receptive to changing his identity. But also, this was the uh, the end of the studio system, where there was just this untouchable hierarchy between the director and all the peons underneath where, you know, people could actually engage with each other. It was like, a they were like flattening the team structure, if you will. And, uh, this allowed him to change his, uh, to change his character. And, uh, his, cha- his character's name was changed from Andrew Brown to Mama Walde. If it was Andrew Brown, I, I'd imagine he was either some contemporary guy or maybe a, uh, Maybe it would have been like taking place just in America and it would have been a more uh, antebellum, to say, uh, mm-hmm. to put it mildly. But uh, he decided to change it to him being an African prince who had been turned by force into a vampire. I applaud that simply because, you know, it's a, it's a big difference from the time when no actor could really make any changes to their character uh, at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like where it's, it's now more of a collaborative process and, you know... Yeah, and and it and it paid off. It, mm-hmm. it it gave him a dignity that he carried throughout the entire thing. So this wasn't like a, a small trivial change. Oh no! If anything, I, I I kind of thought his character was just like throughout the whole movie. If I could really describe his one word, he was cool the yeah. entire time. Regal. He was cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like he was really. He, he had some swagger. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he definitely carried like a certain swagger to him and, and like an elegance, you know, yeah. I think he, you know, yeah, he's, he's carrying the Dracula vibes like no Swagula. <laughs> Swagula, yeah, right. And, uh, uh Mama Walde was the first black vampire to appear in films. And, uh, th- th- this movie is quite unintentionally a comedy. And mm-hmm. therefore, uh, the goofs section on this, where people just basically, like, despite their best intentions, they came up short in, you know, trying to pull this off as a serious movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, in the opening fight scene, some <laughs> candles are knocked out of a candelabra on the table, only to show up in the next shot. It's like <laughs> it's a self-repairing candelabra. Yeah. And when the, the taxi lady is thawed out of the deep freeze, she's only wearing some type of short gown, which is orange, and it wraps around her torso, basically like a like a mini-mini skirt. Mm-hmm. Except when she runs down the hall to kill Sam a moment later, she's wearing a short white robe with a belt tied around the waist. Like, it's unlikely that she would have wanted to or had time to change her wardrobe. <laughs> it's like, did they film just those two little clips in like two different days you know <laughs> i can only wonder mm-hmm. and uh when gordon and jack arrive at the hospital where they confront the the vampire woman taxi driver it's in the dead of night not a hint of sunrise yeah when I'm gordon so- opens the blinds <laughs> while it's obviously still night with only orange street light coming in through the window the woman yells and dies yeah. and gordon says the sunlight killed her like you know yeah. Sunlight would have been, you know, brighter. 
that, right. <laughs> that part had me so confused. I was like, I understand what's what's supposed to be happening, but it also isn't supposed to be happening. I was like, what time is it? All right. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, well, well. I looked at the sky, and, and the sun's orange. So uh, let's make the light orange. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and the sun's only seven feet above the ground. It's called the street light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looks like it just looks like uh, the outside lights are on. That's all. Um, she got killed by a fucking porch light. That was hilarious. Oh, and it was so uh, dramatic too. If only, if only it were that easy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Any light, just a flashlight, boom, lightsaber. Yeah, it's like, well, we wouldn't have vampires as like a a movie antagonist anymore if it were that easy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> candles? Oh, they can handle candles, but once you hit like street lights, that's when the lumens just hit the fatal. <laughs> The fatal zone. <laughs> it's like, man, Los Angeles. We're so black, even the sky's black, baby. <laughs> Death by light pollution, right? <laughs> uh, the film was set in Los Angeles, although when you see the police station, it has a map of Staten Island on hanging on the wall. Oh, Jesus. I t- one can only wonder why. <laughs> and uh, when Gordon and Jack go to the warehouse to fight the vampires, they pull oil lamps out of a uh, box and begin tossing them like Molotovs. <sighs> and when the lamps break, they burst into flames, except none of the lamps are lit. Yeah. So when they break, they would just make the vampires oily. <laughs> and uh, when Tina gets home after first running into Blackula, she puts the chain on the lock and then turns the bolt. Minutes later, Michelle knocks on the door. And is able to open it so we can see her with only the chain holding the door. Then Tina closes the door and does the chain and then unlocks the deadbolt. You know, that would stop the door from opening at all. <laughs> yeah, they... And it's... <laughs> they forgot... They forgot the door, what, what a deadbolt does. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a... It's a prop door and they're trying to, you know, pantomime what you're supposed to do with a real door. And they're like, oh <laughs> shit, you know? Oh. <laughs> uh. And it's never clear why if Dracula's secret room was found years earlier when his castle was being renovated that the coffins would still be inside. Or at least not opened and, you know, have the contents so that the contents could be sent to a museum. And uh, when the policeman is slammed into the wall of the alley by Blackula, <laughs> if you look closely you can see dirt on the cop of it, on the uh, back of the cop's jacket indicating a previous take. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't even realize these things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's one on the list that we noticed, and that was when the cop gets killed by Dracula in the chemical plant, how he shifts his arm. Oh, yeah. After yeah, he's yeah. killed. <laughs> you can see he's like, oh, shit, I'm uncomfortable laying like this. <laughs> oh, God, this, is, my pu- arm a bit. this like, is pulling oh, a muscle. Ow, ow, ow. Yeah. It's like, ah, I can't feel my arm anymore. It's I'll get the ice numb. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the best one is the one that shows up right away. Uh, when one of Dracula's men uh, grabs a vase to uh, clock Mama Walde with it, it clearly misses him. Like, it just goes past his head, and yet we see his head drop as he's knocked out and has a bloody wound on his forehead. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and it, always complete with those, like, you know, 60s, 70s, like, fight sound effects where it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know? But, like, the impact is, like, a half second off sync, you know? <laughs> I just love that in old movies. It's like, like they could have just made a vase out of like, out of like sugar glass 
or whatever they use whenever they have like a bottle crack on someone's head. But no, it's like they actually got like an actual vase that would have been too hard. So they're just like, we're going to throw this at a little block that's behind you. So hopefully it'll explode and look like it hit you on the head. <laughs> hey, movie magic, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he's probably just like, you're not hitting me with a real vase, motherfucker. <laughs> and you know, when, when, it, when a six foot five guy just with a deadly stare tells you, you're not going to hit him with a vase. You're not going to hit him with a fucking vase. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh, the synopsis of this is a Nigerian diplomat sent to Transylvania is turned by Dracula into a vampire only to awaken centuries later to feed and to find the reincarnation of his lost love. Rather poetic concept. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's romantic. Well, and, you know, his story does kind of match. It mirrors, well, the original Dracula story in certain ways, too, you know. So we start with the goods and we start with me. And I got to say, the meeting with Dracula was a great uh, opening premise. Dracula was a total bastard looking like Vincent Price. Yeah. And, uh, you know, clearly he wasn't uh, famous for like in lots of movies. Everyone knows Dracula's already a vampire. And this one, clearly not, because Mama Walde never knew what he was walking into. But uh, th- the fact that he was there just to appeal to a European aristocrat to stop the slave trade, uh, you know, if it was successful, it could have started a, a movement in slavery a lot earlier. So it was a- an excellent premise, a good effort. And, uh, you know, I- I- it's the whole thing that kicks off this movie. And, uh, you know... There are some problems that we'll talk about later in this entire opening. But, uh, you know, the whole thing that, how do you get these two people in a room? And it that concept worked. It didn't seem, it's one of the few things that didn't seem tacked on or just like, it's happening because it's happening. Like, there was a reason for it. And that's because of uh, uh, William Marshall. Mm-hmm. Like, he just thought, like, you know, there's got to be a, a reason that's not fucking laughable. As to why these guys are meeting. And, yeah. uh, you know, whatever he added to this, it really paid off. It, it, it completely changed the character into someone who was uh, exceptionally charismatic and likable, even in his human, uh, even in his human time. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Mackie, what's your first good? Well, before I get into that, um, I actually found some interesting, um, you know, little facts about production and stuff like that. Um, Go ahead. William Marshall definitely had a a pretty decent hand in it, worked in stage production. So The Nurses, Bonanza, Star Trek, and Twilight Zone, to name some. And um, Chicago Reader, yeah, he was actually praised uh, by critics very well. Um, But yes, uh, Chicago Reader, they praised the movie commenting on the writing and something that left the audience more satisfied than many others. And it was actually considered to be quite frightening, which I can see that at the time, especially at that end there. Mm -hmm. If you know what I'm talking about, (laughs) which I'm sure we'll get there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But there was, of course, somebody that had to express, um, whose name is Roger Greenspun, had to say that anyone who goes to a vampire movie expecting sense is in uh, serious trouble, and Blackula offers less sense than most fail to pick up on any of this. 
And um, so even at the time, someone's just like, this doesn't quite fit, just doesn't quite work in some spots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So somebody, of course, pointed that stuff out. Um, but yeah, and it's actually credited to have sparked um, a move of black themed horror films. So it's Ooh, definitely left yeah, its mark. It left a because it uh, did lead to a sequel, Scream Blackula Scream, I saw that, which I have yeah. not, I have not yet seen as a movie. But uh, when I posted on my Facebook page uh, to ask about because uh, our uh, uh, two gay men who show up uh, in the beginning of this movie. And I had questions like, what did other people think about uh, their portrayal? Because, you know, as a kid, I, you know, not everyone's exceptionally politically active. So I just thought, oh, it's, oh, they got like these two guys that act weird. And then like I realized, oh, they're gay. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. But then I started thinking later on, like, as someone who's not gay, you know, what do gay people think about this? <laughs> so I put it up on my uh, Facebook page. <clears throat> And uh, uh, one of the comments I got was that uh, someone who uh, says that they are black, gay, and spooky. So that takes all the boxes for being able to have a, a good opinion on this movie. They said, <laughs> uh, Blackula is just a great film. Some gays are extra even today. And not all gay men are offended by the F word, which does get dropped uh, quite a lot in this movie. And of course, you know, we say fuck all the time on this podcast. So that's obviously not the F word we're yeah. referring to and it says that uh you know this uh this person said pretty good odds are more straight people are offended by it than gay men are yeah so you know to hear it from them it, you know it doesn't give me a license to say it but you know it's, it's just good to know that they don't have a, a big problem with it and he says, uh, I don't know what feelings it arises but I do see odd backlash across all social media mostly from people under 30. So I guess it's just the young people who are more offended by it. And it says, most yeah. black or queer people do not want our histories erased or ignored. We don't want our cultural oppressions and slurs sugarcoated to make non-BIPOC and non-LGBTQ plus people feel more comfortable exploiting mm -hmm. slurs today like Quentin Tarantino does. It's gimmicky and going for shock value using the language of the times, which during those times it was not. Black gays in the 70s had bigger struggles than terminology. As for the cops and most white characters in black exploitation films, they were not to be viewed as role models. And uh, they later on went to said, it's just a fun film. Blacks and gays don't want to or need everything to be a teaching moment or a leading moment. Mm -hmm. And there doesn't need to be deep meaning behind everything that's done. The 70s were the height of LGBTQ plus black and women's liberation movements. Some reflected our existence as simply people that exist. Black exploitation films also brought us ratchet white people who are still ashamed today. I think that would be a better subject to analyze. Hmm. And uh, they wanted to remain anonymous. So, uh, you know, I just want to say uh, it's good to hear that opinion. And I guess yeah, before, I respect uh, that. Yeah, that's cool. That was a very well-rounded take. Yeah, no, I... I I, I respect that a lot. Yeah. Do you have uh, stuff to add to that uh, before we get into like the whole... Uh, I, I kind of skipped ahead with the goods and bads, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, you know, as a person of color, what did, like what do you think about this movie versus uh, uh, weight uh, against that uh, that opinion? Um, honestly, I thought it was treated really well. I didn't really think... I really didn't think about the fact that it was... I mean, with the exception of certain things like 
for God's sakes, Blackula. When he gave him that name, I freaking, I was cackling. Um, we will, <laughs> we will like elaborate on that later. Scene. I'm talking yeah. about, dude, I couldn't take that seriously. Well, and, um, and, well, and he said, and he says it so straight face yeah. too, like yeah. you know, like so unironic. Yeah. He's just like, yeah. And he says it like he, like he's the, like he just realized he's the smartest fucker in the world. <laughs> yeah, like he did too. nobody would have come up with this. I am yeah. such a fucking genius. Oh, yeah, well, and exactly. I, I kind of wonder. He, I'm Dracula, and he's black. It's like fucking chocolate and peanut butter. <laughs> well, I kind of wonder in the 16th century. Okay, like I, I don't know, just with. I don't feel like, you know, even just use the word like, oh, they're like, you know, just refer to somebody as like a black person. I don't even know if people used that terminology per se, you know, it's like, it kind of comes off as like a contemporary line, but you know. Mackie, what were your thoughts about, uh, like, uh, did you have anything more to add about, uh, you know, the, the representation, uh, the depiction? I thought the representation was great. The depiction was great. And I... Did actually, because when I was doing my research on the facts, which you had mentioned what I was going to say, but to expand on that, yeah, that um, William Marshall and his input about wanting to be a dignified character, that definitely came through. Um, so I really appreciated that. I was glad it was not a shit show. <laughs> um, it had its moments for sure, but I mean, like, you know, I was like, they really did the best. They did great with what they had. I thought mm-hmm. I really liked like the cinematography and stuff like that and the efforts that they made with effects. Um, so and it really, I also thought the I don't know that melanin was looking good. They all looked good. They didn't fuck around with makeup. I mean, until they well after they. But I mean, <laughs> you know, they had their shades right in the lighting. Non non vampire makeup. Yeah. You- yeah, non-vampire makeup we can say was great. Like That's you know, when the girls together. were dressed up to go to the oh. club, they were fucking great. Oh, they left when them the Hughes Corporation were the Hughes Corporation were looking super fly. Oh, they looked mm-hmm. great. Everyone looked great. Oh, so man. I, I liked that. Yeah. I really appreciated the fact that um, everyone was a friggin' smoke show. <laughs> and um and I also appreciated the fact that there was plenty of dialogue between everybody, right? Um so it didn't seem like it seemed like everybody had a purpose for why they were there. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, overall, I thought the representation was great. I really enjoyed it. It made me feel good. So yeah. Okay. And uh, before we get on with the goods, uh, I did ask. You know, even though like I, even though I asked specifically about Blackula, I did get mentions of uh, the. Of uh, some person who preferred the sequel, Scream Blackula Scream. Now, I'm, 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 we're just used to sequels always running the risk of not being as good as the original. But uh, this person said that the sequel is better in almost every way. And they gave a few reasons why. It's got the director of Count Yorga. Uh, the lead female role is done by Pam Greer. Yeah, I read that. The makeup effects are much better. And the story is better, too. Huh. So, you know, if we're looking for better makeup, better story, and fucking Pam Greer just being Pam goddamn Greer, <laughs> you know, that I think we got to put it in writing right now. we got to make it official. Next year, Scream, Blackula, Scream is going to be part of uh, next year's uh, Black History Month. And a friend of mine 
uh, also said, if we end up doing Blackenstein, the only good thing he can say about it is the funny joke during a nightclub scene. <laughs> and uh, just because I read about Blackenstein from uh, the Black Harbor movie blog. It's a terrible movie, but, you know, just because it's terrible doesn't mean that's going to stop us from watching it. <laughs> and oh. there's a joke. <laughs> I got to put it here. It goes, I went to a restaurant and the man said, we don't serve N-words here. And I said, that's okay. I wasn't planning on eating any. <laughs> oh my God. That's such a dad that's joke. That's good. So Sorry, a movie that has that kind of a movie that has yeah. that kind of joke in it. Hopefully, that's not the only joke it's got, because I, right. I I, I want to see more. I want to see. I don't know jokes <laughs> like that. Actually, forgive me. I get a kick out of them. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it is hilarious. It's like the whole. Do I look? Do I look pale? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I, I don't. I, I don't mind jokes that have a bit of racial. Yeah, I don't mind jokes that have a racial element. To oh them. yeah, I mean, yeah. So it was like you know, like self-aware joke. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's you know when when the jokes are just like, you know, like oh, their color looks like other derogatory things in our world. Like that's not a joke. That's just a that's just an insult. That's just. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between racial jokes and racist jokes. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And I I enjoy the hell of it out of a racial joke. I mean, you look at uh, any movie with uh, say Mel Brooks in it. There's tons mm-hmm. of Jewish jokes in there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know it's with jokes like that. Context has like means everything, and you can definitely tell the difference between whether a joke like that is in poor taste or not. You just know. I feel like intent. Yeah, you can definitely tell the difference in intent when um, jokes like that are are going around. So sometimes people could use a little bit more discernment with their reactions to some of these jokes. I mean, you guys know me and my humor. It's. Different, <laughs> but um, yeah, people have to use some discernment sometimes with uh, the things that they decide that they want to get upset over. But there's because de- there's definitely a difference. So, okay. And now that we've uh, now that we've retroactively covered that one key point, I wanted to do in the uh, earlier parts. Uh, John, what is your first good? My first good, um, I think, just the um, I think William, like the the lead character in this, is great. I think. You know, William Marshall as Blackula just he carries this movie. I mean, he's yeah. the whole reason the movie works. Um, and we you know we've already been remarking a bit on just um you know how the character was made more dignified and he definitely has a more specific and well and definitely a noble reason, obviously, for being you know, visiting Dracula. And you know, the funny thing about it is is like I don't even feel like he's a, a villain in this movie. Like I know I kind of feel I really find himself sympathizing with him and even like towards the end of the movie, the way he just like once, uh, you know, Tina's gone, he just goes and, you know, he's like, I got nothing more to live for. This was my, the love of my life. And I find that kind of, it's like the original, like Bram Stoker's Dracula story. It mirrors that in certain ways. Uh, well, not exactly with, you know, the, the girl dying, but you know, it's just, um, uh, he is still like a human that loves and it's it's yeah. it's romantic okay you know it's it sweet. was super um, romantic oh yeah I, I, like got all teary-eyed at the end oh, yeah real. um <laughs> i mean he's kind of like yeah he's it's like i just i don't really ever i it's like i'm kind of rooting for him in a way because mm-hmm. i mean you know and obviously he's a victim of circumstance he got he got turned into that yeah not by his own will um 
And I think obviously they're probably drawing a lot of parallels there too. Uh, in some ways, he's kind of enslaved into being a vampire, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I like this character and just the way they they kind of seamlessly fit him into the historical context of Dracula and. Like, they didn't just slap it on there. It's like, oh, it's, it's Dracula and he's black. Yeah, and they put some the... thought into it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just like, you know, all around a good plus. He's he's a fun, well-written character. And, uh, and yeah, William Marshall, just he pulls it off. And uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. as the goofy characters in this movie, he plays it straight-laced and it works. Oh, he was so good. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I want I want his swagger, you know. And even yeah. was it skillets even like saying, God damn that fucking that, that cloak? Oh. I was like, Yeah, it's clean, you know. I want like, that cloak. Everything that yeah. came out of his mouth was silk. It was like silk, yep. silky smooth. It was oof. All right. That, oof. No wonder Tina uh. was like all fucked up because <laughs> when they were like, Hey, oh. um, well, do we need to remind you that he's killed like a bunch of innocent people? And she's like, Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's sexy as fuck though. Look, have you seen that cape though? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, she oh. didn't well, give a fuck. Hey. She had to act like I ought to give bonus. Yeah, she, I, I she was say. she was dick whipped, but you know we can't blame. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to give honorary mention that I also find Vanetta McGee like absolutely gorgeous. They are like. They were just a super hot couple. Yeah, they you know? were. Oh, yeah. So, Woo. yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, what's her name? We played Tina. I thought she was really hot, too. So oh, Vanetta McGee. Sorry, that's a uh, shallow good for me. Okay. <gasps> my, sorry. I, I it was one of my goods. Thirst. <laughs> when she showed yeah. up with that fucking cloak. Yeah, she really was cloak, gorgeous. She looked like Raven from the Titans. Oh, yeah. No kid. Yeah. Okay, awesome, I, wonder, I wonder if Raven was kind of, was uh, partially inspired by her. Right. Yeah, they just really had that power couple look. They, yeah. It reminds me of like, uh, like you know, in the Mummy with like uh, Anoxa Moon and uh, oh, an Imhotep. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like, yeah, the same thing with like, Brendan Fraser's character and uh, what's her name, who was like Nefertiri. You know what I mean? This is like that's just a sexy couple. Mm-hmm. There's just no getting around uh. that. <laughs> yep. Sorry, I had to. I had to point that out. Okay. Oh yeah, I mean. That took, that already took one of my goods off the table because it's just like I just had to say how fucking gorgeous Vanetta McGee is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Another thing I love was the opening was just absolutely funktastic. Yes, it yeah. was. I was. Having a <laughs> I great love that. Yeah, the music, the music. <laughs> and like the comic book kind of style thing with the bat. I thought, yeah, it looked really cool. Just very well. Like I said, it's, yeah, it's my. Fa- it has that element. It's like my favorite thing about seventies movies. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Or they thought, let's just throw a cartoon opening in here. Because. <laughs> right. Yes. I love that shit. I don't know. It just. Yeah. I was all excited. I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to be sitting down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here. We're about to get Funkadelic over here. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. The score was by Gene Page, by the way. Shout out. Yep. Oh, nice. Yep. Sweet. I'll have to check that one out. Cause, yeah. It was just as cool as Blackula himself, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, it's just yeah. a cartoon bat going around just eating the ladies. Yeah, and I mean, I know personally for me, it's a preference thing. I like um, I like funk and disco and stuff, and obviously this has that kind of influence going on in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, it's a cool intro. Yeah. It like definitely got me like it, you know I was like all right I, I'm 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 hooked I'm intrigued I know. I'm, I'm in the mood to start watching. <laughs> 
And I was like, well, we started getting going. I was like, okay, I think, uh, yeah, I think we're going to get through this movie just fine. Yeah. I'm not going to get bored <laughs> yeah. and have to force myself through it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Tina, uh, Mackie, what's your next, uh, what's your next good? Um, we've talked about all the goods that I had already, oh, so okay. I'm good. <laughs> <that's> those. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well... <laughs> You're well. Then you just get to sit and con- you just get to say you just get to see me too for the next uh, for yep. the next ten minutes. Probably <laughs> and John going into it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have some. I, I just like I said, I have a hodgepodge of notes that I'm kind of they're sort of vaguely in one category or another. They're just like just little things that I want to bring up and maybe we can have a good laugh about. Oh yeah, <laughs> like there's so many little yeah. things, like either little jokes or <laughs> scenes. It's so fucking good. Yeah, that's mostly what I wrote down. Just little quirks and all that. <laughs> okay, John, what's your next good? Um, let's see. I'm trying to do one that's like a bigger type of point. Um, well, I, I guess somewhere towards the uh, yeah towards the end of the movie, I made a note here. I think it had a cool closing shot of like his fucking rotting face yeah. and then yeah, god it, well and then the music they put after that was kind of spine chilling like it's it's a stark contrast from like how the the beginning of the movie starts like the intro sequence and then this end was yeah, like i felt kind of dead damn. inside with that yeah it's like they, <laughs> yeah. they decided to the musical sting where they just decided just this one scene we're gonna go, we're gonna go for a hammer movie yeah, and it's just after they have this kind of sweet ending where he's sacrificed, you know, he's he's offing himself because he's got no more reason to live. And it's like, oh, well, if you thought he was sexy the whole movie or whatever. Yeah, then like, just, Yeah, we have to remind you he's a vampire and he's gross or something. Yeah, that was <laughs> But it was a, yeah, it really was. Um, but I think definitely for the time, for the effects they had to work with, and all that uh it looks really cool i thought it was a cool looking yeah. shot yeah, so right. enough that i wrote something down about it yeah so. this is what happens when you shine a real sun on a vampire not just a street light yeah <laughs> it's like yeah that yeah mm-hmm. that street light looks... just drops them <laughs> <laughs> sunlight oh fuck now you're cooking with gas it's like are you sure you want to switch to solar panels all right <laughs> <laughs> okay uh well, time for the uh, the big flamboyant elephant in the room. I want to talk about the gay antique collectors that uh, find Dracula, <laughs> that find Blackula in the castle and bring him to the United States. They're the whole yeah. reason this shit happens in the first place. And, oh, I, I just want to remark one thing on that. Uh, Go ahead. I may have the worst gaydar in the world because I did not interpret those characters as gay when I first saw them. I just thought they were just kind of. You clearly weren't watching. You you weren't you were distracted by your dogs or or you know fucking. Around I, I, yeah, I, I get. Well, it was kind of like yeah, they did, but like I don't know. It's like I mean, they're literally snapping their fingers, going, "Oh, honey, this just does not blend." Oh, look at this. <laughs> this would just make a great art piece. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I definitely didn't. I definitely didn't catch all the snaps and stuff. Because yeah, at that point, I was kind of adjusting a couple things. Uh, yeah, I was rearranging a couple things here on my desk. So mm-hmm. maybe that just went right over my head. <laughs> yeah. So uh, originally, my note at the time was like it was. It was hard to tell if this would be considered slanderous or you know just inclusive for the fact that they mentioned them at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like all I had to say as a straight white dude was I found them entertaining to watch. 
But, uh, you know, if anyone's going to uh, comment on the show, you know, watch the movie and, uh, you know, also, you know, hit me up on Facebook or hit me up on the, the webpage in the, in the contact form. Just, you know, let me know your opinions uh, if, if you're a member of the, of the LGBT community or uh, a person of color. Uh, I just thought, uh, you know, <clears throat> then not just them, but also when uh, Mama Walde wakes up and he just tears into them. Like, what an awakening for him. Like, he just instantly pounces on him and he just wrecks shop. Yeah. Like, to be free, <laughs> to be free of the coffin, but then realize he is now enslaved to hunger. Like, when, when he starts laughing, getting into the coffin, it's like... <laughs> he's falling back into his coffin. <laughs> well, first, when he wakes up, he's like, he's like somebody in a body they don't quite know. Because mm-hmm. he went in as a human, but as yeah. he comes out, he's like trying to realize like what's this power flowing through me, but this this void that must be filled. And when he roars as he eats them, it's like he's feeling a need, but he's also like screaming because he's lamenting that this is a need that's forced on him. Yeah. Like why do I have yeah. to do this? Yeah. Yeah, like he put him in there as like a intended to torture him he's like well you're gonna fiend for blood but you're gonna be sitting in that box and you can't ever fucking you know do anything about it yeah so he's kind of like he's getting a need done almost like he's coming like oh yeah but <laughs> but also like why that would suck so, so like just that roar he put in when he did it it had like two emotions feeling a need but also just grieving the fact that he knows this is wrong and that he's mm-hmm. he doesn't have the humanity to do anything about it anymore. And when he throws that cape on, he just flows into it as he puts it on. And then as he recalls his curse and his uh, the fact that he is so powerful and powerless at the same time, all he can do is laugh as he gets into the coffin. <laughs> so... I thought that was just such a strong, so much being said without words. Sound like a, you definitely sound like a film director right there. Like you're coaching an actor. Like, all right, there's a little subtext going on here. All right, as you well make out this scream and this laugh. uh, Oh, yeah. You're not just, you're not laughing because it's funny. You're laughing because all you can do is laugh at how pitiful you are. Yeah. You know, and it's like a good capable actor brings out all that subtlety in a reaction you know it's like it's like you can interpret so much in just a sound that doesn't even have words you know yeah so we saw mama walde and for the first time we see the vampire he is now so and and how he sees the vampire he is now so i just thought Mm -hmm. it was a great opening scene well opening for him as the vampire his his debut Okay, John, what was your next uh, good? And, oh, and Mackie, feel free, if, if if any new goods arise or something, or you got something to say, do feel free to uh, interject, of course. Okay, I was thinking about it, but I mean, like, we're pretty much covering all, a lot of these things as we go. Um, all right. So, yeah. Okay, so, John, what's your next good? Well, uh, let's see. Well, I guess it's a, a this is more of just a, uh, a note that I would say somebody might interpret this as a negative. I think this is just fun. I was amused the whole time. But yeah, apparently 
fiending for blood and turning into like a vampire gives you mutton chops, or at least for <laughs> William Marshall. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. just like, why is every time he, yeah, that, it's like the that, mutton chops show I, up. <laughs> I, I would put that in the bads, and we're not there yet, but oh, oh fuck, have bats. I got thoughts on those chops. Yeah. But I. I both well, sets I, of mutton chops on the cheeks and on the eyebrows. I never knew eyebrows could have mutton chops, but there we fucking go. Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy with the makeup. Yeah, it, it's a. I mean, yes, uh, on a technical side, it's bad, but I I don't know. It's kind of it's so bad it was good for me. <laughs> it's like they, it's like they were I, running. I, they were running low on the budget, and so someone just like walked into a barber shop, swept the floor, and just thought. Okay, I can do something with this. Yeah. I yeah, I just didn't I didn't really see why it was necessary to really do all that much more makeup when he was gonna go and bite somebody on the yeah. neck. I mean Buffy Buffy the Vampire Slayer did it good. Like just give them some fucking uh, Neanderthal eyebrows mm-hmm. and some fangs. That that's enough. Yeah, like if you wanna have a little more of a transformative part where they turn a little more monstrous, yeah, that's like one thing. But uh yeah, like it, it definitely look. If it, he looked more werewolf like, yeah, but yeah. more werewolf in that, you know, that old like 1940s style, like, but not even the Wolfman. Like I sent it to you, Mike. He's like he reminds me of Werewolf of London. Like if you go and look mm. at the makeup that they did on him, yeah, it reminds me a lot of that. Not to be confused with the American Werewolf in London. Yeah, it's I was like was I knew great. that. <laughs> yeah, that that's when makeup great. is done mundo well. Oof, yeah. yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, Werewolf of London is a great classic movie, but yeah, it was like totally different time. I was like, I knew there was some old black and white movie. It had Werewolf in London in it, but it's not the John Landis movie. Um, uh, ooh, werewolf in London. Yep. Uh, yeah, but it's a good one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a bad, but I'm going to say it's a good just because... Because it made us laugh. Constantly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it's so bad, it's good. I'm gonna put it into that good category because I don't want to give. I don't want to. I don't want to throw shade on it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the uh, the the best scenes was from someone that doesn't uh, show up in the movie <clears throat> after uh, after the one scene, but they go off on a fucking high note. Was the Undertaker, mm. who uh, is presiding over yeah. Bobby's uh, viewing. And uh, I mean, it does. First, it didn't look like a funeral home that they were in. It looked like they were in like some, like some catacomb, and the coffin was just there on display for the family to grieve. And it's like it clearly, like this was just like a set that was covered in darkness, so you couldn't see the stagehands walking around behind it. Mm-hmm. But it didn't look like they filmed inside a funeral home. But yeah. I mean, the the Undertaker, despite the fact that he was clearly put in a uh, a catacomb set. And uh, just made to uh, act like he's in a, an actual funeral home was when uh, the doctor, the doctor slash cop. I'm not quite sure what this guy's job is. He keeps introducing himself as doctor, and that's great. But also, <laughs> he's with the cops. Like, wouldn't the cops be bringing all that stuff to his lab? Not him going, not him leaving his office and going on scene. Not gonna or at lie. least he would have a team with him. Yeah, I gotta got right. confused over who's what's his fucking job. <laughs> Just like some of the characters <laughs> in general, I kept kind of like mixing up characters. You know what I mean? Because so, they were, they, everyone seemed to be kind of like doing very similar things. And in, we need these characters to do these things, and we'll worry about what right they have as their profession to be there later. Yeah. Yeah. And later never came. <laughs> and later would never come. That none of that would get. So I, I, I 
I was just kind of taking it like, hey, just take it for what it is, right? And we're just going to move along. Yeah. But I did yeah. find it difficult to kind of keep pinpointing who was who. So. Or why? Or why was why who? Why was who? So that was something. <laughs> and. So when the doctor comes in, he shows he's a doctor because he's talking about how the lack of uh, the fact that Bobby was completely exsanguinated showed like why his veins were collapsed because there was no blood to uh, to hold them up. And he goes like, and you said you didn't embalm him. So this is weird. And so he points that all out. And then when the undertaker tries to uh, sell him on some, I, I think he's like, if you got any uh, bodies that uh, aren't being claimed, like just send them over to me and I'll take care of them. And the cop just walks away. And the Undertaker's like, that is the rudest N-word I've seen in my life. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Okay. Just like that, huh? <laughs> he, he was kind of rude, so he, it, it, it was not inaccurate. <laughs> like, he's just trying to make a sale. Try, you know, you know, a hustler got a hustle. Mm -hmm. but, but this cop, cop slash doc, not quite sure. I never saw him wear... Uh, you know, I wasn't sure if he was a police officer because you never see him wear a uniform or a white helmet. Yeah. Because apparently all the cops wear helmets, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, my next good is the cab driver uh, getting all sassy with Mama Walde until the fangs come out. And then she starts getting apologetic, but it's too late. <laughs> I thought that was just a great scene. Because it, it, it begins with him not knowing what a fucking car is. Until he finds out the hard way, like, oh yeah, we have we have these things called streets. They're not dirt roads anymore. You've really got to look both ways. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that he does not know that, and it comes right. out when he gets plowed by a cab. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rude awakenings. You know. for, rude awakenings for all concerned. Him for finding yeah. out what a car is, and her for finding out you do not sass Mama Welda. Do you just yeah? You can't just go <laughs> no. around saying anything to anybody. <laughs> yeah well apparently but but apparently you can go up to a woman and say i'm a vampire turned by dracula and you're my reincarnate wife and apparently yeah. that works <laughs> any, well i mean if you looked at him well, when you say when you say with that voice true mm -hmm. yeah it that adds the veritas mm. yeah i mean that that was actually just one thing i wrote down i was like you know you think if i try that you think i could <laughs> Like, yeah, like if I, could, if I could go up and be like, hey, man, you know, I'm actually Dracula and you're my wife in a previous life, you know, and like, you know, just extend my hand out, you know, just kind of make a little eye contact, not too much eye contact. The way she didn't know. like wince or like, you know, back up or nothing. She was she was about that life. She was just trying to play it cool. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe she was just like, look, ju just... <laughs> Just yeah. smile and nod, and eventually you'll get the dick. Yeah. yeah, her 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 past life is getting getting real getting real warmed up over here. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, I think it kind of made sense though, just because it like that's how I sort of reason it out too. Though is just like okay, it's like her past life. She has like she already knows there's like she has a connection yeah. to him, but she doesn't quite know yet. So you know, it makes sense how, enough. Yeah, for sure. So, John, what's your next good? Uh, I just loved fucking Skillet. <laughs> that guy yeah. just, like, walks up. Well, okay. One thing I saw was funny is, like, every time he walks up to the table, that's when, like, William Marshall's, you know, Black is like, all right, I'm out. No, oh, this fucking dude's walking up. <laughs> like, every time he comes up, like, he gives that impression of, like, 
just the guy everybody sort of like tolerates and he's like ah he's cool sometimes but everyone's sort of kind of looking for the exit as soon as he shows up <laughs> they start they start immediately looking at their watch like i'm good for, like, exactly I'm like, good uh, for 35 minutes with this guy and then it's time to go yeah like everyone's like oh shit i, I gotta, gotta work early in the morning oh man yeah this is uh, so much fun i'd love to hang out with you more skillet but fucking work i mean you right. know work right i mean you don't know work because clearly you don't have a job or any defining personal characteristics but i have a job <laughs> Yeah. That's part of he my seems, personal characteristics. All right. He seems to have a reputation around that place. And uh, not to mention, I, you know, obviously the time period's way off for this person to be alive. But when I first saw him, I kept thinking he looked like Keenan Ivory Wayans to me. Like, <laughs> I was like, but wait, Keenan Ivory Wayans is probably just was born that year, you know? Yeah. Like, I know it's not him, but... Um, but funny thing is, uh, you know, Mike, if you want to look at this, there's a... The the biography, I was peeking the biography on this actor, uh, J2 Kabuka, he's got... Um, well, tell me more. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm going to read over this real quick. Uh, J2 Kabuka is one of the many U.S. African actors who, who overcame walls of adversity in the 60s. He was in, born in Montgomery County, Alabama on March 4th, 1940, in an era of oppression... G2 uh, did not let social norms hold him back from what he loved. Opportunities were slim. You know, he's a U.S. African actor of the 40s and 50s. Uh, you know, they're usually only prescribed roles as like housemaids or they're confined to the parody of, you know, minstrel shows, like parody roles. Um, but he, uh, I guess in this description, it's like, you know, being born in a society of black and white, G2 defend, or defined what the basis of the civil rights movement was. Um, yeah, he saw his first movie, Shane, at the age of 12 years, and, you know, he always wanted to become an actor, but basically all of his peers growing up, you know, told him not to do that, wouldn't be realistic. Um, you know, his teachers and even, like, uh, his teachers would laugh at him, and even, like, his Baptist minister told him that acting was the devil's work. But, uh, no, and, you know, he decided not to listen to any of them and you know he played he was in the army and he played football and ran track and he was offered all these sports scholarships uh and he decided not to do that he decided to you know follow his dreams and move to california to become an actor and uh you know and he's been in quite a lot of movies he got a role in roots uh harlem nights brewster's millions mandingo bound for glory um Oh, God, he even had some other roles in stuff like Knott's Landing, The A-Team, Dukes of Hazard. Oh, damn, he's in Walker, Texas Ranger. What? And even in, yeah, and he was even in CSI, the original Creek, uh, original CSI. But uh, Yeah, they said, mm-hmm, in total, he's appeared in over 100 films and television series. Um, I guess the guy who wrote this biography, he was like, you know, his journey is a reflection of fiery passion and strength that will burn everlasting. He's the author of several screenplays and is presently pursuing opportunities as a writer, producer, and director. But he died in 2017. Oh, geez, that wasn't that long ago. You missed missed out on something that we now instantly have to add to our roster. Because he was in a movie called Dr. Black, Mr. Hyde. Also directed, oh also directed by William Crane. What? Oh, no kidding. Awesome. 
Yeah, no, so, that was just a fun fact when I was just kind of skimming this over. I was like, oh, this is, yeah, damn, this guy really was in a lot of stuff. But, um, yeah, I kind of went off on a tangent there. But, um, yeah, no, I, I liked his character. He was just, he was really funny. And that, that's pretty cool, too, to know uh, kind of his past and everything. And, you know, just, yeah. I, you know, I got to respect the fuck out of that, you know. Yeah, he was and, surrounded by a bunch of bitch-ass haters. Yeah, you know, no kidding. And, I mean, Jeez. just... You know, he's just one of those guys who, you know, pushed through a really rough period for, you know, black actors and just entertainers in general at mm-hmm. that point, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's the fun stuff about doing this. You know, you learn something new, right? It's true. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to read a bit of the plot from, from Dr. Black, Mr. Hyde. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In Los Angeles, Dr. Henry Pride, Bernie Casey is an accomplished and wealthy African-American medical doctor working on a cure for cirrhosis of the liver, along with his colleague, Dr. Billy Worth, Rosalind Cash. Desperate to create this remedy, Pride conducts unethical experiments on others and on himself, which turns Pride into a white-skinned Frankenstein monster with superhuman strength and invincibility. Wait, wait, wait. He began... Yeah, so... Dr. Jekyll is white, Mr. Hyde is black, is, is, yeah, Dr. Jekyll is black, okay. Mr. Hyde is white. Okay. And <laughs> Pride begins a spree throughout Watts, killing prostitutes and pimps. So he's cleaning up the streets. Oh my god. After not being able to test his remedy, Pride continues his rampage, which results in him being chased down by the police. <laughs> That's uh, failed metaphors. What I'm into. Oh, it. We, yeah, we got to do it. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this is yeah, Bernie Casey in it. Oh shit. Oh my god, dude, this uh, man, yeah, this sounds like this a sounds banger. like I, I got I got to see this movie now. I, I'm intrigued. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god, the black and white thing got me. <laughs> yeah. That, oh. It's that he, t- he accidentally turns into an albino vampire. <laughs> a Frankenstein. I like that an albino Frankenstein. Like the, I'm an albino vampire. <laughs> I was like, is it? I, I was like, God, a lot. I mean, God, when I think about an al- a vampire most of the time, I'm like, aren't, they, aren't yeah. a lot of them already albino by default? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a Frankenstein, not a vampire. He's just killing. Uh, he's oh, not okay, eating right, him. Right. He's, he's just, you know, ripping them apart and shit. Or, or, uh, yeah, as they called him in Wednesday, a hide. And it says that, like, apparently, like, there's, like, a line where he, uh, where a woman refuses to be tested on, and Pride, uh, says, what if I insist? And, uh, a a student of, uh, horror said that this uh, is eerily similar to the Tuskegee syphilis experiments. Oh, shit. So, you know, there's a bit of historical precedent, and that's, like, the thing about horror, is that people forget, like, horror is... Like if people say, "Oh, I don't like to see, uh, uh, I don't like to see political messages. I just want to see like a good horror movie." <laughs> you know what, motherfucker? Horror movies are political. Extremely. Oh I mean, God. look, at, look at Blackula. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Horror movies Dude. are exceptionally political. It's the way that you know people can take their views and make them manifest in a more v- vis- visual way. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. if people say, "Oh, I don't I don't like politics in movies." Well, you know, you don't like fucking horror then. Yeah. You just like seeing murder and that's just that's well, just something about you. you. You just don't it's people like that just don't like looking in like looking into the subtext of mm-hmm. movies either, you know. Uh, yeah, and uh 
Well, you know, another big thing is like, it's weird if people would say that as horror fans because horror has always been kind of like, I've looked at it as like a refuge for the sort of misfits of society and sort of people are outcast and or just disenfranchised or just mm-hmm. don't really get a perspective that's you know that gets any sort of mainstream so visibility. True. The, politi- you know, yeah, the yeah. political stuff in Wikipedia alone. For uh, you know the symbolism, the metaphors, and all the uh, the inspirations that this had, and you know talk about like race, class, and power. Uh, mm-hmm. This like this, even if the movie sucks, this is definitely one that's loaded with uh, con- with content for discussion. So yeah. that's definitely going on the list. I've already put it in. Uh, so next year we've already got like three. <laughs> this movie alone has inspired three movies for us to cover alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now that's, that's some juicy stuff for a good. It's one of those good, like, kind of conversation where you get into like the meta of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's not so much the movie itself. It's oh, yeah. like what the movie's trying to convey through metaphor. You yeah. Know? Well, yeah, because I said it several times. Sometimes a movie doesn't have to be good to be important. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> hey, it, it, can carry, it can carry a message. It can talk about like the fears and concerns of the time, the struggles. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that's just as important, maybe even more so than what actually ends up being on the page, be, or end up on the screen, because that can be limited by budget. But you know, an idea, a concept, uh, a, a point of view, that's free, and that's yeah. the most important part. Everything else can be uh, limited by budget or the fact that you can't get other people to work with you to deliver a great product or studio meddling or mm-hmm. some other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, continuing with the goods, I, uh, as a mini-good, I just love that uh, the white cop instantly tried to pin the vampire killings on the Black Panthers. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> that just shows up and the guy's just like, why would the Panthers kill two fat... Oh, fe- I well, completely <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah, I, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, that's- <laughs> yeah that made me do like I think a- I was like, Panthers, really? <laughs> I did a I did right. a heavy brow raise. I was like, interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, uh, this is the Yeah, that the, song Look the Other Way was a great club banger. Uh the lead singer was just a smoke show. Uh yes. cause these I I'm I'm just gonna browse through the things we've already touched on. Uh Skillet mm-hmm. hitting on the club hostess. Yeah, yeah which, yeah. which was great. I love her retort that there's only one thing that would develop in the dark room and it wouldn't be photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I re- yeah. And, uh, you know, she was damn fine. Yeah, she was. And oh, yeah. She, she, and she, she, was, she gets a great kill, like, immediately after leaving her house. Yeah. Which, I mean, talk about a great commute. Apparently, she lives right next to the club that she works at. I was thinking that, too. I was like, God, I wonder how much a place like that would cost in Dallas right about now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, uh, how fucking great would it be to, to, to live, like, right next door to your work, so... Anytime, yeah. like you're just like, okay, well it's time to go to work at eight fifty-seven, and you show up <laughs> at nine o'clock, and you're like, all right, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. Now, granted, I, I don't know if it would want it. It would be my job at the club that I would want right next door, because I mean, you know, who knows what kind of noise and shenanigans you might stumble across with people walking out of that club on your off night. Or oh, something. everyone being rowdy people, and shit. Like, right? Somebody like passed out, drunk on your front porch or something they puked all over themselves oh, or you know <laughs> some themselves. crap like that or the condoms and needles <laughs> you'd find on your lawn 
Yeah, just the the, the the sloppy shit I see people get into at a fucking club. I just yeah. <laughs> living next to your work, fine. Living next to a club, not so fine. If that's your work, yeah. But on the plus side, the rent would probably hey. be reflected in in the quality of sleep you'd get. Yeah, and well, as and long you'd... as you don't sleep at night. If you sleep during the day when the club's not open, then you're golden. All right, and you'll never have problems getting people to come to your after party if they literally have to walk like 10 feet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, seriously, you don't have to go drive an hour across town. It's right over here, after party. <laughs> yeah, I'm too lit. I'm not good to drive. Good news, you don't have to drive. <laughs> yeah, you can right? leave your car in the parking lot. Yeah, you can sleep on my porch, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I love uh, Gordon laying on the charm on his lady when he wants her to help him, when he wants her to help him with the grave robbing. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's just talking, and she's like saying no, and as she's saying no, he's kissing her on the neck, and she's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Black Ele- Mama Weldy's not the only smooth operator here. Oh my god, <laughs> that scene was a nightmare. Like for uh, so many reasons, <laughs> like really, I was like, really. Oh uh, yeah, like th- oh this was god. two. This was two Mac Daddies. On, on opposing sides. <laughs> but both of them were pulling down the foxes. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Uh, so, uh, John, what's your next good? I think I am out of goods. Okay. So <laughs> I guess, yeah, I think, I'll, yeah. I'll just plow through <laughs> mine. Uh, yeah. When Mama Waldy tells Tina the whole story, uh, when he says, like, we, uh, we were part of the Abani tribe. I just thought, like, is that him saying ebony in a different way? But I I looked it up, and it turns out the Abani are a Nigerian tribe. Is it, like, spelled I-B-A-N-I? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I've seen that. It's spelled like that, but it says... I know, but it says like someone's just like saying ebony in a different in a different way. Yeah, when you say ebony, yeah. It's a real tribe, so, you know, points for realism. When they uh, they decided what uh, where he's descended from, right? And just make up like a five syllable word. And like, oh, that sounds like a tribe. There you go. <laughs> and uh, one one of my biggest goods. This is something that stuck with me as a kid uh, when I saw this movie was the cab. The when the cabbie revives in the morgue and just takes out the mortician. Usually, I hate slow motion in horror movies because it's rarely ever used properly. Mm-hmm. Like if you listen to the podcast, like they're dozens of cases when a scene is done in slow motion, but it doesn't add to anything. It just distracts. Like it's not like a slow motion scene should be something that you want to dwell on that. But so many cases it's done just to fill out something like just fill pad out time. It does not emphasize the scene. It does not keep horror drawn out. But this scene, when she throws open that door and runs down the hallway with her robe flowing, fangs bared out, hair just flying in the wind. Mm-hmm. And that's done in slow motion because you want to soak this in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And as she's just charging and it cuts to his face seeing like he can't even make fucking sense of what he's seen. Like he, it, like the brain's just like, what am I looking at? By the time he realizes... Oh, fuck, I'm looking at death. I'm looking at danger. I need to get out of here. It's too late. She's on him. And just the music, as it's overlaid with a scream of her running down the hallways, it was fucking menacing. It was haunting. It was excellent. And that's what you get for not listening to the doctor. (laughs) Mm 
So, like this, like just that memory. Yeah, just that memory as a kid. That's just what I like. That's like that was the highlight of this movie for me. Like just that. As she's coming down the hall, just tearing rubber. Oh, (laughs) I uh, I thought it was funny when uh, they were on the lookout for Bobby because they because when they went to the graveyard they killed one of the gay guys, one of the first vampires that got turned by Blackula. Yep. But uh, Tina's brother Bobby, or uh, wait, yeah, it was their brother. Or there's their friend. I'm not sure. Uh, like I said, I, I wasn't having it was, issues keeping track of that. I, I think it was. Oh wait, it was their friend's brother. brother I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I know he's like relate the. It was the black guy. It was like related to one of them. Like the, yeah, the Afro. Yeah. Because I know one of them said, "Oh, my brother," and so yeah. Um, when, when I thought it was funny when they were hunting down Bobby, the dispatch immediately said like the foundry and a place called Wholesale Meats. I'm like, really? You're just throwing in those? Th- this is like Simpson level gay jokes. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like the foundry being the first place. I'm like, oh, so the Simpsons joke about the steel mill? It existed even then. <laughs> we work hard. We play hard. Everybody dance now. It's a joke as old as cracker jokes. Uh huh. Right? <laughs> like looking for a gay guy at a place called Wholesale Meats. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, you know, I see what you did there. I get it. Wholesale. <laughs> come over here to the manhole and have some wholesale meats. <laughs> <laughs> we got kielbasa. You'll love. <laughs> so uh, another one was. Uh, when they're in the warehouse, the big showdown in the warehouse was when, uh, like, Dr. Cop uh, takes care of business when he just, like, leans and he just, like, rails into a vampire with a two-fist punch and then, like, a leaping stab. You know, you know, for a black cop that dispensed justice, he showed that vampire the real shaft. Oh shit, was this guy who played Shafts, the original one? <laughs> no, Richard Roundtree wasn't in this movie, but we did get a guy who was basically Richard Roundhouse. Yeah. <laughs> he uh he definitely I yeah, I was I was wondering what his I whole get up was reminding me of. It's like Shaft. That's what he kinda of reminded me of. Mm. And uh I, I've seen much worse bats in horror movies. Cause like when Blackula turns into a vampire, it's an animated bat. <laughs> and, and that's great. It's great because at least an animated bat doesn't look like it's a piece of rubber bouncing on a string with a shitty motor in it. Because, yeah. like, we have seen horror movies with terrible bats in them. And then, uh, when you look at the uh, the Jack Palance, uh, uh, Frank Langella's Dracula from 71, I oh, think, yeah. but I'm guessing, uh, that vampire bat looked amazing. It looked like like a demonic bat. It looked fucking great. So there are, like, you can do a physical prop of a bat and make it look great. And in many cases on this podcast, we have seen where they didn't. But we will mm-hmm. give credit where it's due. Jack, uh, Frank Langella's Dracula, excellent bat. Not only in the way it flies around, where it doesn't look like it's just being bobbed on a fishing line, but the way it, like, swoops in and attacks people, it looks like a vent, like, 
Because the biggest thing about being attacked by a bat, like, how could anyone get killed by a bat? The second it closes in to bite on your neck, you grab its wings, rip them off, stomp the fucking bat. It's fucking cake. It's done. But in the Franklin, in the, uh, in the Langella of Dracula, this bat just, like, flies in, does a nip, and takes off before anyone can grab it. Like, it looks like it's a fucking great bat that could actually kill people by doing quick strikes that you can't react quick enough to grab the damn thing, like, using <laughs> speed to its advantage. He's like, like bite, it, bite, you got rabies, bye. <laughs> oh, it, it's right. a bite, it's a bat that could fucking eat you alive. It's... Yeah. It's excellently done. And in this, we, we don't get to see the bat really attack people, but at least when he transforms into a bat and takes off, it looks great because it doesn't look like it's bounced on a fucking line. Yeah. I still I mean, it's animated. Oh, it, yeah, because it, it's a simple looking bat. It's fun. Yeah. It's just, it's basically like Batman's logo took took life. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like Batman saw Superman throw his logo at the end of Superman 2, and he's like, I can do that too. <laughs> and this is the end result. The bat logo just fucking off. Oh, that's the one that looks Well, old chum, it looks joke. like. <laughs> well, old chum, it looks like I've just got a yellow oval on my chest for the while until we right. find it. It's like, oh wow, that was a minor inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, I laughed my tail off. I really did. I just, I don't know, it just came out that way. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a show. You haven't seen him as a bat for the whole thing, and then right, he turns then into a cartoon. All of a sudden, he turns into yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I wouldn't say I thought it looked good. I thought it looked kind of like I thought it looked kind of cool. I don't know, just not like it's like great special effects. But I mean, it's a movie out of the seventies. I know that's it's a good because it it's a good simply because it wasn't terrible. Uh, Yeah, it wasn't terrible. I I, I was like, I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. I hadn't really seen an animation quite like that. With the bat transformation. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, just, uh, it's kind of a good, but also a question. I was wondering why the cops wear helmets all the time. They're walking down the street. <laughs> they've got a fucking white, they got, they got like a fucking eggshell on their head. Well, when they're well. walking, when they're driving in their cars. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I got to put on my driving helmet. <laughs> Nobody is driving a fucking motorcycle. That's when the helmet would make sense. It's the only time a helmet makes Uh, sense because when you're you're on a fucking motorcycle, that's when you would need it because you're traveling at a speed where you would fucking get hurt. That's the part where it makes sense. And we never see one on a fucking motorcycle. We don't see one on a horse. But it does. (laughs) But when we see Drac, when, when we see Blackula tossing people down the fucking stairs and off balconies, then it starts to make some sense. Like, if they realize, yeah, we're facing a fucking Dracula, I'm gonna wear some body armor. It starts to make some sense. Yeah. Um, well, if they didn't have yeah, helmets it, it, on, we would never know they're cops. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> All they'd have is badges and guns. We wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, and, and what uniforms. I was saying earlier, I was referencing those, like, did you guys ever see those, like, like, it was like, it's some early internet shit where they were taking all the G.I. Joe PSA things at the end of the episodes from like oh the 80s. God, and they were like yeah. dubbing over them with random voices. <laughs> it was like the one with the cop guy and he's like pulling off his like motorcycle helmet. And he's just like, I just want to ride my motorcycle. <laughs> 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 it's, 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 I will send this. Yeah, we, 
like you guys will watch this after we're done with this episode. But <laughs> it, it's just like every time I, it's, I, it starts bringing it to mind there. <laughs> Big showdown in the chemical plant. It's loaded with oh with hilarious shit. Oh, like yeah, I noted something about a couple things about that we, scene. Yeah. We see the white. We see white officer black. Yeah. Oh my god. That was already that was already a that was already a crack up. And um another one was when he went Donkey Kong just throwing barrels that off the scaffolding. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. And you know what? He was a fucking wicked t- like it was he was that one dude it was bestial. He got him he using the environment right already. On the fucking head. Like that was an amazing shot from that distance. I know you guys know what I'm talking one. about. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. he clocks him with the second the barrel on the legs, man. just in case, just in case the helmet did its job. Yeah, I was. Like, he hit him on the yeah. legs so he could cripple him for life. So that's why they wore their helmets. They were anticipating this very moment. But yeah, that was freaking fantastic. It was hilarity in the factory. I swear to God. He's he survives the barrel, and as soon as he's on the ground, he's just like some people wait a lifetime for a moment like this. Like I like I look like an idiot. Everyone laughed at me for wearing my helmet <laughs> on the job eight hours a day, but yeah. I'm alive. And then the second barrel comes down. Oh, fuck, I'm in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. My kneecaps are now powder. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, Less comedic, but just good, was when uh, uh, Luva is killed once again, mm. when, when Tina dies. And, you know, we can get into the politics of a of a black person being shot in the back, running away from a cop. We can talk about that uh, <laughs> if we want. But the entire scene was great as Mama Walda is laying down the law with his grand speech, just echoing throughout the entire facility. Nobody here will leave alive. This place will be your inglorious tomb. Oh, yeah. Oh, when he's just laying down that threat, like, you're all going to die. Yep. I'm not going to uh, Yeah, lie, it just feeds into what I was... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. I was like, yeah, it just feeds into another great scene by him. I was like, god damn, man. William Marshall is just so fucking cool in this movie. I know. <laughs> yeah. I like When he wasn't on the screen, I missed him. I really did. I was like, yeah. oh, crack. what's Blackula doing? <laughs> At least they're talking about how strange he is. That yeah. is one strange dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking skillet over there. That is one strange dude. Skillet knew what was up. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that Skillet was smart enough to fuck off and not be seen again, so he doesn't get killed by Mama Walden. Yeah, he's like the one person he's like most primed to die. You know, because he's like, oh, I'm definitely gonna get rid of him. He's like, he's on to me. Oh. You know. <laughs> well, you just know, like when he keeps talking about, I want that cloak. I just yeah. Figured, I figured this would be foreshadowing that Skillet yeah, is going like to appro- he's totally going to yeah. walk up to Mama Walde, offer to buy the coat, and just keep throwing money in his face until eventually he just gets pissed off and bites him. Yeah, right. But it's no, like, he fine. didn't. I mean, Skillet. Nope. I mean, Skillet seems like an annoying prick, but he's on the level. Like he's well, just like, we'll talk about him, but I'm not going to be near him unless I've got a five person entourage to protect my ass. <laughs> well, it's like much less. What am I going to turn him into a fucking vampire? Like hell no! You think I want to listen to this guy for all of eternity? <laughs> no, <laughs> you know. It's he's like, just in the coffin. Listen, man, I'm just talking. Like I'm, I'm just saying. Like, do you think maybe we could do a timeshare on the cape? Like, you know, you get it, you get it Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. I get Tuesdays and Fridays. 
<laughs> you know, and then they're all having this banter while they're like supposedly asleep in the coffin. They're like shouting from one coffin to the other, like, <laughs> "Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm you know? Hey, have you ever what seen Sanford and Son? Have you ever seen Sanford and Son? That show is great. I do not know what that is. That's oh, a great TV show. I do not know what the TV is. <laughs> man, I got to tell you, man, it's this fly thing. It came out like it's been around for like twenty years. Like we got Sanford and Son. We got the Jeffersons. Like there's some great strides being made in in black representation. <laughs> I do not know what that is either. Please let me sleep. I need my eight oh, hours. Lord. Oh gosh! Just the idea yeah. of him, like, even if they're not yelling, like he's just like abusing telepathy to like contact him. You just see like black and white eyes just like open in his coffin, and they're just completely bloodshot. Like, does this motherfucker ever shut up? Yeah, I'd be pissed. Oh. Uh. Yeah, I do not need to. Re- I do not know who Jimi Hendrix is, but I <laughs> do not need to know why he is so awesome. This sounds like a freaking comedy skit right here, man. <laughs> like it sounds like a bit for like some kind of SNL skit or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> He's just trying to catch him up on all these things. Like, man, have you heard the Beatles? Man, they're they're just, they're these four white guys from England, but they take a lot from the blues players of the of the forties and thirties. Like, like you like you really missed out on a lot. I do not feel like catching up. <laughs> Hmm. Oh, brilliant. Uh, and uh, the last good was uh, showing that his love was, in fact, the one thing stronger than his curse. Yeah. When uh, when Tina dies, like, you think he is going to rip apart the fuckers that did it. Like, he's just going to go fucking beast mode. But no, like, there's no anger left in him. He's It's just, he's just an empty, hollow man. And even he realizes it. And he's just like, what's the point of living forever if it's alone? Yeah. And so, he, I mean, the whole dying scene, as he's just walking in the sun, it did look like he was just drunk. <laughs> but yeah. that fucking reveal at the end when the maggots show up, like, I don't know where they came from. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know if they were just like hiding under his skin the whole time. And that's how his cheekbones were filled out. Like maybe that's where the hair comes from. Like that's, that's where all the protein and keratin for the hair comes from. They're just like processed maggots. I don't fucking know, but it did look scary, but the, it did have a moment of comedy because as he's walking out the stairs to uh, go up into the sunlight on the roof, the sign says no smoking. Yeah, I couldn't notice that. I would have to, like, focus on that for a minute. I don't know. And I was like, huh, no smoking. Really? Why not? Uh, yeah. We're outside. <laughs> yeah. so it's like- also, the fact that he's a vampire and he's about to be smoking. Yeah, yeah that's what I was yeah. like. And, uh, oh. the, the sadly, the thing that confused the fuck out of me was, like, at the end when it shows, like, his face, like, you know, time-lapse decay, where his years catch up with him. Uh, at the very the last image at the end is just a regular skull. It doesn't have fangs. Like all you have to do is just put some caps on them shits, and just make it look like a, a, a like a fanged skull. And they didn't do it. And I'm like, really? You dropped the ball at the last po- at the last literal fucking second. Yeah. Like just put caps on the skull, <laughs> make it look like a little bestial and demonic, and boom, there we go. <laughs> That's the end of the goods. Uh, yeah, I guess now we can talk about the bads, and we always let the guest uh, draw first blood. So, uh, Mackie, what was the first problem you had with this movie? Um, honestly, it was mostly the fact that I couldn't 
I had like the fact that I had to struggle to differentiate who was who and who was doing what and why they were doing it. That kind of got mm-hmm. uh, bothersome for me. So I, you know, there were some instances where I had to rewind to be like, what's going on? Did I miss something? Or did they just not say it? Or did they just not say it? Because I was like, how did we get from here to there? I was like, you know. um, So I kept feeling like I was missing shit. Um, So as good as a story that they had, like the foundation for it or whatever, it wasn't really linear in execution. So that was definitely an issue for me because um, uh, it made it difficult to remain invested because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, um, but I think, yeah, that's one of my bads for sure. Okay, John, what was your first uh, bad with this? Um, this is a very simple, uh, simple thing, uh, and it might have just been the copy of the recording we had. But there is a times where I found it was a little hard to make out the dialogue what people were saying. Mm. Um, might have been a little bit in the earlier parts of the movie, just in some of the talk scenes. I felt like I really kind of had to turn it up and listen closely. It's just, yeah. Uh, and it might have just been like the, I was watching through my computer. You know, it might have been the speakers on that, but um. It's oh a yeah, small if, you're, thing. if you're listening on speakers instead of headphones, yeah, because when I yeah, watched I was, it on my computer, I did it with my headphones, so I did not have any problems with that uh, dialogue. Yeah, and well, and that was the like the <clears throat> and even that stuff I was talking about, like oh, I didn't even really quite initially interpret these characters as gay. I guess a little later they did kind of come off a bit more, but like mm-hmm. I don't know. It was like I I was sort of watching them talk, but at times I just wasn't I wasn't always queuing in at the words at times I was just more like okay I know what they're doing in this scene I don't know particularly what they're saying but I'll just kind of wait till they get to the next one but uh you know it's yeah, not a real big deal yeah it's like okay I know the point of what they're doing but you know maybe I missed some of those finer details yeah uh, but um I mean it, it's that's not a real big one it's just a little nitpick I guess yeah, uh, my first bad was uh, Dracula being super fucking racist. <laughs> I curse you with my name, Blackula. <laughs> like he's so fucking proud of himself. Like nobody in history has come up with this. He is the yeah. first. Like, yeah, you may be first, but you know there's a reason no one else did it. <laughs> yeah, and he's telling the 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 princess like you will stay in this room till the black flesh falls from your bones. Like. Really, you just got to throw the word black in everything. I was, it was <laughs> so cringe. It was so cringe. Oh. And the way yeah. he defends the slave trade, like, oh, there's a lot of money in that. Like, you're fucking Dracula. You care about two things, blood and bitches. Yeah, money <laughs> should mean nothing to you. All right. Yeah, no gift. Yeah. I mean, the money is just like, the wealth he has is just kind of by. It should well, be I like ancient was. wealth. Like from like when he fucking, when he, when he destroyed the Turks. Like, yeah. that should be where his fucking money comes he's, from. He's, he's old money, man. He's old yeah, money. Yeah, he's talking new money. Like, yeah, well, yeah, well, if I don't sell black people, then I can't keep this nice, this two-room castle. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, yeah, they're really just trying to emphasize that, you know, he is an evil character, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can be evil and not be fucking petty. Like, I got spoiled with Castlevania Dracula, <laughs> who, like, preeminently, he's oh. a collector of knowledge. And he's just above petty things like skin oh, color. Like he has a man. black he has a black disciple oh, on God, that show. Yeah. And he Isaac, regards yeah. yeah, and he regards him as a true and equal friend. Oh yeah. Oh so dude. just seeing this Let's fucking not talk about that. 
it's gonna make me cry right and it's yeah. like oh dracula so <laughs> so just seeing like fucking yeah so just seeing clanula just being like oh slaves are great for the economy like don't you care about the economy <laughs> capitalism must be preserved it's the economy stupid yeah. <laughs> and then like when he throws it like you should be you should be happy i'm looking at well, i'm looking with desire at one of your kind <laughs> like the fuck Jeez. like luckily we never see him again so dracula just being like such a fucking petty racist asshole like i'm not a simp for dracula like i'm not going to be like oh yeah i want the dark gift please choose me master but at least with all the evil things dracula's got going on it sh he shouldn't have such a petty mortal concern mm -hmm. such as race like yes mm -hmm. look at the woman with lust but don't be like, oh, yeah, you should be lucky. I'm looking at one of your kind. Like, just be like, I see something I want. I take it. Like, you could just be above the fucking racism. You don't need to make Dracula a fucking clan mascot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We don't need Count Clanula. Just fucking. Right. Just, just. I mean, like, yeah. luckily we never see him again. But, you know, why even call him Blackula? Like, it makes a great movie title. But he never calls himself that, even though he's, like, quote, given the name. No one ever says, like, oh, legend says it, that this contains the legendary prince Blackula. Or he comes out saying, like, sure. I am Blackula. Yeah. No, he says, I am Mama Walda, because that's his fucking name. Yeah. Yeah. No one ever calls him Blackula later on. <laughs> that's true, right. actually. Well, yeah, that is true, yeah. Um... Uh, I will say, maybe to play a little devil's advocate, and I'm not saying this was a right decision, but I'm thinking maybe they went this route with Dracula's because maybe it was to way to further garner some sympathy to Blackula, you know, like that it's to make him more of a sympathetic character, more of the emphasis on him and I guess less on Dracula himself. As yeah, like, you know, I don't know. Kind of take, keeping him down. Yeah, maybe they were trying to, you know, uh, and... Just trying to take the little emphasis off of him because it's not his movie, you know. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Maybe that's kind of why they were thinking. But, you know, whether or not that was successful, that's another question. But, yeah. you know, at least that's what I'm kind of thinking. Maybe that's why yeah. they went that route. Because yeah, I, I don't want to negate, like, why Mama Walter was there. Like, he went to Dracula yeah. to appeal from one diplomat to uh, to an aristocrat to stop the slave trade. He yeah. could have still done all that. But Dracula could have been like, oh, yes, these are all just great ideas. But, you know, when I wanted to have you over for dinner, I I think you may have misunderstood. And then the fangs come out and then he, like, pounces on him. Like, so you yeah, can still right. have Dracula be fucking Dracula. Like, we don't need Dracula to be, like, oh, a misunderstood antihero. Because that's, that's who Mama Walde is. Yeah. You just didn't need to make Dracula sound like he's, like, from the fucking South. <laughs> yeah. You could have had it both ways. I think what it was. You know, you didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. You come here with your woke politics telling me to stop the slave trade? <laughs> right. It's like, well, Fang I will let matter. you know that I am also based as fuck, all right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally he's like using that terminology in like 1700s. Yeah. <laughs> based as fuck, man. It's fucking bussing, all right? You know rich lives matter too, right? Uh. <laughs> so uh, I have afflu I have affluenza, affluenza right? <laughs> I didn't ask to be rich. It was just put yeah. up on me. I got responsibilities, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 
So, Mackie, what's your next uh, bad? Um, hmm. I don't know. I think we've pretty much covered a lot of this stuff. Um, because I can't really think of anything off the top of my head about any more bads. Okay, Um, well, if uh, me and John come up with any, do feel free to uh, chime in. Sure. All right, John. What's your next bet? Um. All right. Well, I'll I'll gloss over this one because we are talked about it a lot. I did write something about like yeah, you know, the kind of you know homophobic slurs. Yeah. But I think now we've had a little more context provided for the movie. Um. But it's still weird. It's it's like you know because I can't quote stuff for this movie. It's just too awkward for me to say all <laughs> that. But um. I will say, <laughs> again, this one's a little entertaining, but I, I found it funny when they were, like, looking at the uh, the black gay guy's neck, his body, and they're looking at his neck, and they're like, oh, look at that rat bite. And I was like, what kind of fucking rat makes a bite like that? Like, some kind of mutant nutria or something? <laughs> like, that fucking bite don't look like a yeah. damn rat bite. That looks like a fucking <laughs> chimpanzee ripped his throat out. Yeah, I just like, God, I just like, and they keep saying, like, I don't know, it was like, not even just throwing it out as a suggestion. They're just like, kind of almost defend, like, this is our leading theory right now. What do the fucking rat alley rats bite. look like? Yeah, it was just, again, I, I don't know if it was a, yeah, it's like a bad, but I, I just, I chuckled at that, right? <laughs> I do have a bad concerning the gay people that, uh, that goes beyond using just, like, the F word to describe them. Um, it, uh, you know, the, 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 the two guys, Bobby and his partner, like, how come Bobby didn't dig up his, his friend? Like, his friend was, uh, you know, care, uh, dealt with, with a, uh, with a white, uh, right. mortuary and stuff. But Bobby's just out cruising for other dudes. He's not picking up his lover. Like I thought they were lovers. Like were they just were they just gay people who happened to be friends with each other? Like were they just friends? Did I misread that? I thought that they were a couple. Yeah. They, Is Mama Walda just... the only vampire that gets to keep his love? Like I, like I would have liked to have seen these guys hunting people together. Yeah. Like know. show that their love is just as strong as his. Yeah. yeah they probably were Probably another layer of offensive stuff in there. They're like, well, all, all gay people are just promiscuous and just yeah. super around, right? They don't yeah. have, they don't actually really have relationships. Yeah, their love's <laughs> oh, not. They, yeah, their love's not as real as our love, right? Oh, we definitely can't let them get married, right? Because they'll, yeah. they'll just get divorced two days later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, like, we can't, we can't let these people act like a couple because we know how they are. Yeah, <laughs> Lord forbid, I can't let them have children. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, that's oh, what I mean by like um, what I was saying earlier about the misplaced scenes and and storylines and stuff like that like you know everything just kind of like you know it gets put on the table and then it's and then it's we're moving it along and it's never to be spoken about again yeah it's like really violating the whole Chekhov's gun type thing it's like yeah it's like just spamming stuff on there and it's like not really any follow-up or payoff to things or just it doesn't tie into the plot in any way you know Mm -hmm. my next bad is when mama walde goes into the uh the hostess's house to kill her because one he's going in without an invitation what the fuck is that (laughs) i mean this was established vampires need an invitation so like him stalking her getting her before as she's at her front door that would have made sense. But we need to have her make the discovery in the dark room that, uh, 
you know, that he's not, uh, that he's not showing up in the photos. That's fine. But she should have like heard like a noise and gone outside to investigate where he could be waiting for her. I just didn't like that. He was in her house without an invitation. And it's a little, yeah, no, that is true. And plus he's all dignified and suave. So you would think he'd be someone who had manners outside of vampire lore, you know? So, yeah. And here's, but it's attached to an even, that's just a, a symptom of a bigger bad. And that is that how the fuck does Mama Walda know he wouldn't show up in the photo? He wouldn't even know what a camera is. Yeah. True. Like, if anything, Skillet could have been his fucking Renfield to update him on the times. But no, we don't see him, like, going to the library to, to find out, like, what's electricity? What's a television? What's a fucking car? What's a camera? He, he clearly <laughs> Missed didn't know- opportunity, yeah, man. He didn't know to look both ways to crossing the road. When he gets up, there's no culture shock. Like, no him asking, oh, what year is this? Him being utterly baffled by traffic, newspapers, radios, music. Just hearing, like, funk on on the on the funk and disco music this should have baffled him like this doesn't sound like people playing on those fucking uh, clavichords <laughs> what the hell is this stuff he should have no frame of reference for what a camera is or how it would expose him get it exposed ah uh, hey, i Let's see what see you what did you there, did there. <laughs> so har, har. yeah like how he knew that that would be a problem it, it it should have been explained. Like, it, give him a week to, like, you know, hunt down people or, you know, talk with people. Like, get caught up a bit. Like, give him a reason to understand what these things are. But no, two days after being awakened, 200 years later, and he's completely up to speed. He knows what a club is. He knows where it is. Like, this guy should be out of it. Yeah. yeah. That's true, yeah. <laughs> right and god man now that you mention it, it's such a missed opportunity for skillet and him to team up <laughs> it definitely would have been oh that could have been just so many great scenes with them you know like yeah, it would have been like the the vampire in brooklyn but uh <laughs> you know he would have been uh yeah skillet would have been the character? perfect he would have been the perfect like caretaker like the you know he doesn't get turned into a vampire he's got to be like in like like a Bright ghoul. <laughs> yeah. Or just like, yeah, the Renfield, where he's just like, a, a, he's just giving the eyes to make him a little bit crazy and subservient. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's just, he's the person who takes care of the coffin during the day. He can't be turned because he needs somebody to, you know, watch his shit during the day, you know? Hmm. He's just like, he's just like got a bunch of books by the coffin and he's reading to him during the day. He's like, okay, now you see electricity is taken and electricity gives us things like light bulbs and cars. And you see a car is like a horseless carriage. And Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, like if we're going into why he understands that or how he understands things like, you know, him having her purse when he finds uh when he like accidentally chases her off and she drops her purse. I understand him like, getting her address but one how would he fucking know what the address means like what an id is yeah where her apartment is like he would have to have a fucking map of the city and then like look around to find out what street is listed on the id how the fuck does he know that and (laughs) and why does the cop get called at the club by the undertaker like it seems like Mama Wally's not the only one that's that somehow knows about this club. Like everyone in town knows that black people only go to this club. 
But but Mama Walde should still be the one out of the loop because he doesn't have friends. Yeah. Yeah. Not he knows where the club soul. is to follow her. <laughs> like having her ID one, how would he know what what that even means? But two, how would he know to return it at the club? Yeah. Hmm. Magic. <laughs> Magic. A wizard did it. Okay. <laughs> Gandalf the Black did it. Yeah, right. So, uh, John, what's your next uh, bad? Bad. Well, let's see. We got the... Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> this is a pretty broad one, but just like, you know, at the climax when they're over at like the foundry or whatever. The, it's a chemical plant. Chemical plant. Yeah. Uh, I just made a remark of, like, how the cops really seem to be, like, underreacting whenever they, like, running into him. They just, <laughs> I don't, I, well, it's just, like, I don't know, a couple. Their first yeah. shot when they see a black man is shoot him. And, <laughs> and and that doesn't work, and they don't have a plan B. <laughs> None of them yeah, have steaks or holy water well, or anything. They're just like, this always works. Yeah. Well, they see him, and they just, they kind of, like, wait there for a second for him to already start like charging at him or like coming towards, I, I don't know. They just see like they're <laughs> um, like they're, they're, they're just underacting in this scene. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it looked a little funny all around. Uh, just, yeah. Like just not showing the appropriate amount of urgency, reaction no or of fear, I, I guess of this, you know, a mortal being, resurrected from 300 years ago who's chucking barrels like fucking donkey kong it's just uh, yeah. like i don't know there's just, i feel like you might need to show a little more emotion his white partner like even if no one's going to believe the black doctor because you know fucking 70s cops well cops period like even the white cop who has seen a vampire at the morgue like he's on the like he's up he's up to speed and even he doesn't prepare his friends, his co-workers, <laughs> for this. Like, none of them have any items, like no rosaries, no crucifixes, no holy water, no, not even like a fucking garlic clove around their neck. Nothing. Like, they send the whole squad over, but they don't prepare them. Like, it makes me wonder if they just like, look, let's grab the most racist assholes on the force, <laughs> make them part of the sting, and this will be our way of cleaning up the, this will be our way of cleaning up the station. <laughs> we're just going to grab all the idiots get them killed by this vampire and then we can replace them with some better people sounds I, good to me chief like, it's the only explanation because they set these guys up to die by not telling them what they're up against yeah yeah huh. <sighs> yeah it's just um, <laughs> yeah it didn't really hold together too well there <laughs> no and uh, we already talked about how the street light is not the sun. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, but uh, there's one line besides like sunlight did it, which, you know, there was no sunlight. There was something else he said that was wrong. And, uh, the doc says vampires multiply geometrically. Like geometry, like geometry is like fucking shapes. Okay. <laughs> geometrically. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? They were trying to say geographically. No, what he meant to say was exponentially. Expo oh. wow. Yeah. Because one makes two, two make four, four make eight. It makes sixteen yeah. if they do two if they do two bites a night. <laughs> so what he meant to say was exponentially, but he says geometrically, like oh you know, ge geometry is like fucking squares and triangles. Yeah. Ah. Uh, my big my big final bad is why the fuck are the other vampires blue? 
Yeah. Mama Wally is not blue most of the time. Uh, Dracula, when he turns, he's he's white, but his brides are also blue. So it has nothing to do with like, oh, it's just it's just black people who are kind of pale. No, Dracula's white brides are also fucking blue. Da ba dee do da. <laughs> like if if you're the fucking head vampire, you get to keep your complexion, but all your all your victims get the oil slick grease paint. <laughs> yeah, like. Is, there's a lot of inconsistencies in the rules here of vampirism. <laughs> yeah. Not only does everyone look like they've got like blue grease paint, like blue oil slick grease paint on their faces, their uh, their fangs are pretty cheap looking too. Yeah. 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 The, like uh, someone just took like Lee Press on nails and stuck them in their in their lips. Yeah, it, it looked about on the level. It's like you know. <laughs> or like candy corn. Yeah. <laughs> it might as well have just been candy corn, you know. <laughs> yeah, I agree there. Yeah, the, the the makeup effects were definitely not the strong suit of this movie. No, you know? it would throw me off every time because there were so many things that I I was having a great time with it, but the makeup definitely at the end threw me off because I was feeling all emotional. <laughs> well, every time we see Bobby, even in like the beginning. Like he's walking down the street. He's he's in the fucking warehouse. He's blue. Yeah. <laughs> I'm blue. I'm a die. <laughs> and it's like I'd be so invested, and then all of a sudden they show up, and I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> it's like the evil. It's like the episode of the Smurfs when they all went evil after biting each other. Oh. Yeah. Or they well, they all look like the zombies in like the original uh, Dawn of the Dead. You know, because yeah, they use like kind of true. a lot of that blue haze over them in that one. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of that. They they look more, yeah, they look more zombie like than like vamp vampire like. If anything, <laughs> it's like whoever made this movie just thought, okay, Walking Dead, got it. It's like no, no, no. This yeah. is a different type of undead. <laughs> it really matters that you understand the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dead people got it. Blue. I, I got dead people makeup right here. Yes, but they're vampires. Vampires yeah. aren't Smurfs. Yeah, absolutely. So now we can uh, kick it to the what the fucks. Uh, my first what the fuck is why does Momo Walde... Well, Momo Walde's not the only one. Other people grow immense spontaneous facial hair when they fang out. Yeah, it's like, I don't understand how this works. <laughs> yeah, he's not a werewolf. <laughs> no. That's what I mean. And, uh, somebody who just somebody would just go into town with it near the end there or something. So they were like, I don't know, because I just I feel like it got like, worse. Somehow. Right, you know, like he ends up looking like fucking Wolverine. Like if they did like a Black X Men, <laughs> and like they did like Fly Wolverine, this is what I imagine he'd look like when he goes into yeah. his berserker mode. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't see what they thought it was really necessary to make him change that drastically. I mean, you know, like still could have kept him had him keep relatively normal, just maybe put a little more time in making the fangs look believable. Yeah. You know, whenever he's sinking, you know, but they could still have him keep his normal face. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could do a little makeup, make it a little more menacing, but it was, I feel like maybe even the makeup designer, like, like they kind of knows monster movies, but he kind of gets them all mixed up and he's like, oh, you know, the vampires are blue, right? Because they, they eat flesh, right? You know, they move really <laughs> slow and they go, you're like, yeah, yeah, same thing. And then you got to and then you got to kill them with a silver bullet. And, yeah, you got to shoot them in the brain with a silver bullet. I got it. <laughs> yeah. And they're getting all of it like mixed up together. Like, ah, oh, it's the same thing. The kids these days won't know the difference. <laughs> uh, 
So, uh, Mackie, do you have any what the fucks? No, we've talked about all that, honestly. <laughs> we've we yeah, okay. about that. <laughs> well, yeah, my, next, I, my next what the fuck is, where the hell are these people getting robes? I thought the 70s was all about, like, fringe and bell bottoms. Yeah. Well, hey, you gotta think about, like, the fucking, the spiritual... Well, that might have been later in the 70s, but, like, uh, the spiritual movement, you know, you gotta think of, like, the the weird cults and stuff that were forming. They were kind of... Some of it was outscropped from the hippie spiritualist yeah. movement. Some people got real, you know... Yeah. I keep thinking of those, like, 70s, like, weird sex cults and shit. Like. Yeah, because te- <laughs> Tina's got a cloak with a hood on it. And in the warehouse, you see that fucking... You see another just fur-faced guy in an orange robe. with who, who, And when when he first shows up, he doesn't have any blood on his lips. Then he shows up in a second scene, and it looks like he had a jelly donut shoved in his face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably too probably these, these extras are just fucking sad looking vamps <laughs> and uh, my final what the fuck is when they're in the chemical plant and uh, you, know, it, you know this is when like Mama Wally's just like picking off the cops one by one and then we just see one cop that just appears and screams on fire against a high voltage panel like, he doesn't get grabbed by him. He doesn't get tossed. It's like he just fell into it when he, like, tried to tie his shoe or something. Or, yeah. or he was just teleported into it. Like, like let's show Mama Wall to grab him and throw him into it. Like, at least when Michael Myers threw Buck into the generator in Halloween 4, we got to see it. Mm. So the cop just, like, shows up out of fucking nowhere. Like, I don't even think Mama Waldy did it. I think the cop just, you know leaned against the wall to like tie a shoe or you know get a pebble out of his out of his sock or something and that's when he just like flipped a switch and fried himself i think mama waldy's just watching like what the fuck i didn't i didn't even have to deal with that guy these guys are doing it for me <laughs> right almost like the police aren't hiring competent people or something <laughs> so uh do you have any what the fuck's left john uh, just looking if there's any no time brought up. Uh, no, yeah, I think I, I right. think I covered all my things. All right, so now we can take you to the kill of the week. <laughs> I think we know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do uh, Sam in the fucking morgue, because that cabbie running down the hall in slow motion with her fangs out scared the fuck out of young me, mm. and it still holds a place in my heart for an iconic horror scene. Yeah, I mean, a very, very close for a, a very close second, though, would be, of course, when uh, Mama Walde uh, accepts that he's lost his chance for love once again and that love supersedes his hunger to survive. I haven't seen something like done like that uh, until uh, the Castlevania, where love overcame the uh, the curse. Yeah. So I know I so- did, too. Kind of cheating, but you know, the first place was uh, that one. The the cat get me all emotional stuff. Think of me. Oh, I can't think about. I can't think about Dracula in that fucking Castlevania show. It's, oh, it was so fucking good. No, he, they did him so good in that. And I'm just oh, like, oh, when he's got I, his I, son I, in the room, he's like, "This is your room. We oh, made, I was like, God. we made it together. We yeah, we like, read you stories. He's like, I'm wrecking my. I'm killing my boy. I'm like, God he, damn it! Stop he looks at this. he looks at the photo of his of his wife. I'm killing our boy. Yeah. The best thing you ever gave me, and I'm destroying it. I'm oh. already dead. Oh, I, uh. I feel you, Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man. Oh, that was yeah. so fucking good. So, mm-hmm. uh, Mackie, what was your kill? Uh, the cemetery kill. Um, the reason why is because I got fucking, it threw me right off. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, it popped out of the fucking rave. That was, <laughs> that, that oh, was crazy. Dude, that the was, dude, dude freaking held it down though. And then when he kept on like yeah. you know, going over it and over again with the shovel and shit like that, girlfriend's just sitting there. And I'm like, <laughs> just, I was like, this is, this is chaotic. What the fuck? <laughs> crazy. She's losing her shit because she's just like, I'm watching my husband kill a man. Oh, Oh, wait. Like, she forgot. No, you took that man out of a coffin. Like, Like that should be what you're doing. Yeah, she was already like, she she got like she tagged along for the thing, like for the excursion in the first place. Like, there was no red flags there or anything like that. I'm just spending time with my man committing a crime. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Anyways, that one stuck out to me for reasons just stated yeah <laughs> it was a great scene it was a nice surprise i i well i, I hate as a spoiler that was gonna be my favorite one oh. <laughs> but uh let me see if there's any other honorary mentions uh besides that one i mean yes i did also like you know blackula himself his send-off at the end of it um well, and yes, the one that Mike is talking about there in the hospital is fucking well done. And, uh, okay, you know what? I'll just, in my mind, I like to picture that Skillet got turned into a vampire, all right? And then he sort of had a death scene, okay? Because <laughs> he would have just been the funniest fucking, like, either he's, yeah, either he's the daykeeper or he's, like, his vampire, like, right hand or something. Like You bonded yeah, with we'll Skillet. Just pre- I did, yeah. all right? It's like, hey, I know, I everyone's got a skillet in their life, all right? Yeah, yeah, sk- <laughs> yeah. Skillet, skillet was the biggest missed opportunity in this movie. Yeah, like he could uh, try just... to catch him up, like you know, play play him like Sammy Davis, some some uh, Miles Davis records, like uh, Big Mama Thornton, like just keep him up on like what black culture has been like been up to since the seventeen hundreds. <laughs> and he's just yeah. like, really? So all the music that exists today came from black culture? Yeah, man, rock and roll came from the blues. You look at, uh, and then like, you know, the future isn't all bleak. Okay, <laughs> I mean the only thing white people made was country, and you know I already played you one of those things, and you just you saw what that was like. Mm-hmm. So all the good music came from us. Yeah. Oh man. Uh yeah. So like like skillet was a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, that would have just been great, especially if he's the one that like finally hooked up with the photographer, but. Then it turns out, like, no, it was just to to deal with her because he's doing the master's bidding. <laughs> uh, Skillet, we hardly knew ye. <laughs> yep. Uh, apparently you were you were a legend, man. <laughs> <laughs> so now we can get to the ratings. And I want to give this four blue grease covered vampires out of five. Because, <laughs> you know, seeing this as a kid, like, just fucking impressed me. It's just a great movie. And with modern eyes, I do see some problems. But it's still very entertaining as a product of its time. And here's one thing I forgot to mention. They're making a remake. Whoa. Oh, wow. That's I'd be, be about that. I oh, cannot wait to see what a remake could possibly do. I mean, would Bobby and his partner be given better representation? Would they actually, you know, be a couple 
hunting uh, later on? Would Dracula be seen getting his comeuppance? Would he be less of a racist prick? <laughs> Would Mama well, they deal with culture shock and realize that he has to change to adapt to a modern time, oh showing his God. his age and irrelevance? Yeah. Because so, and because uh, yeah. I read on Wikipedia, uh, reboot is in development. It's a co-production between MGM, Bronze Studios, and Hidden Empire with Roxanne Avent, who I never heard of, uh, producing it, and Dion Taylor and Micah Raynom co-writing it. Okay. Huh. Interesting. So I really look forward to what the hell that is, because uh, Dion Taylor has written for uh, Night Tales the Movie, Chain Letter, Supremacy, Meet the Blacks. What the fuck? Start Mike Epps. Wow, so it sounds like it's a parody of Wax. the it's a parody of the purge, not meet the parents. That's so random. Ah. <laughs> uh, he also did an action thriller called Black and Blue. Guess what that's about? <laughs> uh I think I've actually wait, I think I've seen Black and Blue. That sounds really familiar. He also did Traffic, but with a K. And that one has uh yeah, I have seen this movie. Yeah, because it's Tyree Skipson in it. Yeah, I saw, yeah. or I at least saw some of this movie once. It was like. Then he did The House Next Door, Meet the Blacks 2. And that's another parody movie. Uh, stars Mike Epps. And then uh, Traffic had uh, Omar Epps. Hmm. And Intruder had uh, Michael Ely and Megan Good. So I don't know any of this guy's movies. But, you know, he's done work. Mm. And uh, oh. Roxanne Event has basically done also the same movies. Dead Tone, Night Tales, Chain Letter, Supremacy, Meet the Blacks, Black and Blue, The House Next Door. So apparently they... Oh, because they're husband and wife. Ah. That mm-hmm. makes sense. So, mm, you know, black horror parodies. I, I mean, Meet the Blacks might be uh, good to fill out our black history just because it's, you know, written by black husband and wife. I have no idea who it is. It's, oh, it says that it had Charlie Murphy's last film role, as well as the final role for Paul Mooney. Mm-hmm. So we get to see two comedy legends as their, uh, as their sign-off. Huh. Oh, no, the film has an approval rating of 17%. Uh. The Truckee Son, which I never heard of, gave it an F rating. It says, given the family's chaotic and disagreeable state, we have every reason to hope they are purged along with this movie that ought to have been killed before it reached any cinema. Wow. So, it's really sad that Charlie Murphy and Paul Mooney, they went out on a terrible movie. Wait a second, Mike Tyson and George Lopez are in this movie along with King Bach? Oh, God, say less. Who is King Bach? I can only just imagine... Oh man, King Bach. Wait, that sounds like he's Canadian internet. Is a Canadian American internet personality and actor who rose to fame on Vine, where he had 16 million followers. He first received recognition for starring on Black Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's why he looked familiar. By the way, if you haven't seen Black Jesus, that's actually really good because it's done by. Uh, it's a collaboration between the guys that did Trailer Park Boys and uh, the Boondocks. Oh shit, that sounds 
Yeah, it's amazing. two great <laughs> comedy tastes that work great together. Because basically, <laughs> nice. Charlie Murphy is the Leahy of that series. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> so nice. I, I cannot endorse it enough. It yeah. is it is very well done. It's got heart. It's got comedy. It's got points. I I enjoy the fuck out of it. So this guy's been in uh, some good and bad shit. So I can't really say I can't really look at him as a as a cursed thing. Uh, Lil Duval. Uh, as a stand-up comedian. Well, anyways, uh, Gary Owen as Larry. Being named the funniest serviceman in America. Oh, boy. I don't know what that means. But uh, anyways, uh, well, now I'm worried. <laughs> Maybe this may not be as good as we're hoping. <laughs> Can't yeah. capture the magic. Maybe again, you know? they've smartened up. Maybe they're going to take this in a different direction. But uh, God, I, I kind of wish I didn't look into that just so I could, just so I could speak with hope. But now, now my hope is now my hope is hanging by a thread. But uh, Mackie, what's your rating on this movie? Uh, my rating is four vampire princes from Africa out of five. <laughs> Um, I had a great time. I honestly, like, to come up with bads, because a lot of the, like, my watching was just kind of like, you know, it's a product of its time, as we've mentioned, and, um, I think they worked best with what they had, and I, I was engaged with it, so, and, um, like I said, I thought the representation was really well done, and everyone looked friggin' delicious. <laughs> Can't say that enough. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, I I just joy, enjoyed it overall, frankly. That's what I have to yeah. say about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, John, what's your rating? <laughs> All right, man. Oh, you know this is coming. I'm going to give it three skillets out of five. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, like yeah, like I said, this is a pretty entertaining movie. It's it's got a it's got a cool story. You know, I think you know we got a great lead character. He just carries this movie. Sure does. Uh, he's got a fuck. He's just got great swagger, and uh, you know, despite some shortcomings, I think with like yeah, I mean, some of the language. You know, younger audiences, mm -hmm. you know, may not may be a bit turned off by that, but. Uh, and yeah, some of the makeup effects are, you know, leaves much to be desired. But um, I think it, this is like, it's a fun movie. Uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously, which is a strength for the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but it also takes itself serious enough to where it's not complete slapstick. Um, I think it really balances out because you have William Marshall as the role kind of playing because he had these goofy antics going on around him, but he yeah. plays it very straight-laced. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. He, there's not really much about him outside of how goofy his makeup looks when he, like, goes and bites people. But uh, I think this is, like, I like this movie as an introductory title, and it actually makes me interested to watch the sequel. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. This is just one of those movies, like, you know, if you want to watch a good classic uh, movie from the 70s, especially an old, like, black exploitation movie in the horror genre, this is this is a must. This is a staple. Oh, uh -huh. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. So we're got, we got three possibly noteworthy black exploitation movies to cover next year. If you've got one, listeners at home, do send one out because we're missing a a fourth one. Maybe fe- no February wouldn't have uh, five weeks ever because it's the shortest month. <laughs> but uh, you know, if you if you have a fourth one to round out next year's Black History Month, you've got a year. To send us in the comments, hit us up on the Facebook page, uh, email us, hit us up on Twitter, where we'll, well, we still got a Twitter page because even though it's run by a fucking dipshit, I still need it to grow because you people aren't sharing enough. So that's my very, I can't even call it a hint. It's just, a, it's just a demand. <laughs> Start sharing these fucking episodes, hit people up, let them know the stuff exists. If you want to suggest a movie or be on the show, also hit us up. You'll find out at the uh, the in the outro how to do all that. But uh, do we have any closing thoughts uh, on this, Mackie? Um, I think any horror fan should uh, check it out. It should be. I feel like it's mandatory. Um, and uh, other than. You know, the things I mentioned about having a great time with it. Um, Yeah, it it was a good watch. Absolutely. John? Hmm. Um, Well, I I mean, I guess nothing really too particular I haven't already said. Um, You know, yeah, I'd say just definitely give this movie a watch. It's, It's even if you're not someone who watches like older movies, you know, I know some people just have a hard time getting into it. Uh, I think they keep it lively enough and it, it never really feels like it's slow. Mm-hmm. It's a great time capsule. Yeah. 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 Like I, I like, yeah. So sometimes older movies do get a little bit too drowned into, you know, dialogue and just a lot of slow parts, but this, oh, this is, it picks it up really well. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you I, I can't talk any more sugar about this. It's a product of its time. Of course, it's got plenty of shortcomings. You heard our bads. There are a lot of problems, but that doesn't take any of the shine off this. This is yeah. still a, uh, it's a very I, unique I, movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most, I, I will say this. I think most of the problems I in the movie are kind of endearing for me, you know? Like, even like, you know, the goofy makeup, you know, I, I short, but it, it's, it's part rates. of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not mad about it, like for real. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah. endearing to me. It's like, yeah, you know, I just embrace all of the things about it that, like, you know. Oh yeah, we're, it's very obvious. Like when they want when they want to write something to put like one point in, but then everything else that's attached to that point is forgotten because they just we, they achieved the bare minimum of what they wanted to do and nothing else mattered. <laughs> yeah, but, it's like uh, you know, I'll forgive a lot if you keep me entertained. I will forgive a lot. Yeah, it's ninety yeah. minutes, and you're not you're not going to get bored for any of these ninety minutes. Yeah, when something's, that, when something's coming up, you're going to be laughing with it or at it. <laughs> but you're going to yeah. be enjoying yourselves for all ninety two of these minutes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's it. We can't rec- we can't endorse this movie enough. Even even if you don't love it, I think you'll enjoy it anyway. So until next time, I'm Mike. I'm Mackie. And I'm John. And thank you for joining us on The Graveyard Shift. The Graveyard Shift is a Strange Biscuits production. Visit our website at strangebiscuits.com slash graveyard shift to hear all of our previous episodes. Subscribe to us, rate, and review us on CastBox, Apple Podcasts, 
Stitcher, and Spotify. And don't forget to check out our Instagram at The Graveyard Shift Pod, as well as our Facebook at The Graveyard Shift Pod. Our Twitter is GS underscore Horror Pod. And if you wish to support the show financially, visit us at patreon.com slash graveyard. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the show and get bonus content. The theme for the Graveyard Shift is As Brutal As It Ever Was by Technoaxe. Visit their website at technoaxe.com and their YouTube channel for more royalty-free music. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay spooky. Ha 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 